You silly sons of bitches don't know it yet, but we've got the interview of a lifetime coming at you. We've got Erica Schultz on the podcast for for you guys this week. <laughs> You're telling sons of bitches. <laughs> we already fucking recorded it. <laughs> we did already record it. I know. This is crazy. Oh, well, yeah. We're speaking to you from the future. We're speaking to you from the future, sorta. Now this is this is a good episode. This is mm. we've got a really great episode for you guys. You silly sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, you silly sons of bitches. <laughs> oh man, caught me off guard with that man. <laughs> It's a little sexist. Go. What about the daughters? <laughs> you you silly daughters of bitches. <laughs> it sounds worse. Yeah, it does that, that sound does worse. More sound offensive. Worse. That sounds like it does. That yeah. sounds more. You're, because, you're, you're because, a daughter of a bitch. I think it's because yeah, because you're like insulting. You're insulting her and her mom. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's get off that topic. Okay. Yeah, I know. Jesus, we we just wrapped up a really fantastic interview with comic author Erica Schultz. If you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you know that she has been on before. She was promoting her book, Forgotten Home. Yeah, we took a deep dive And um, she, when, when we first interviewed her, she had just came out with issue number one, and now the whole book is out. I mean, now, take a deep dive now. Yeah, I should have shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to take a whole deep dive with her. There it is. <laughs> On the book, and we fan cast the Forgotten Home film, and we even play Movie 20 Questions. Yeah, with she, Erica Schultz. With Erica Schultz. She was absolutely fantastic. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. This is pretty... This is a good one, so stick around. It is a good one. Um, Silly sons of bitches. <laughs> one. Episode number 27 of the Thoughts from the Basement podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Kiningham. And to my right, left. Nope. I, 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 we're, Thank God we're not videoing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would be so weird. Um, I've got the uh, absolutely audacious astronaut Alex Mark here. Wow. You need to never even been to space. You don't know that. I, Dude, you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Have you been to space? Because your ass look out of this world. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. No, it's Alex Mark, folks. What's going on, everybody? How are, how are you? <laughs> and the gentleman that he's hitting on to my actual right. Mm-hmm. You got it right last. this time. You got, it, you got it right this time. I, I got uh, it right. Yeah. The one and only Big Badger boy himself, Phil. Mm-hmm. The badger to the right. The badger to the right. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. Quit looking at my ass. I'm, you're <laughs> sitting down. You're sitting <laughs> down. Well, as you guys already know from our incredibly amazing intro, yeah. we have Erica Schultz on the podcast today. Erica Schultz! We've got her for over two hours, guys, so strap in. It's going to be a fantastic interview. Um, yeah. We're not really going to do a lot of the main stuff that we usually do, so we're just going to get no. right into the important stuff, which is the Batman yeah. trailer. The Batman. Um, 18 million views on YouTube. I'm, I'm probably a good like three of them. Dude, the, the, the only the, only the, three. Yeah, I'm at least five. Oh man, at least. So I'm watching right now. You you've seen it more than three times. Million. Oh okay. Oh, three million. I was God, gonna say yeah. I I watched it. I've watched it 
so many times. I've watched it. I've at least watched it like three times a day since it came I, out. I sat mm-hmm. last night after my wife went to bed. I, I came downstairs. I got on the couch and I got on YouTube. And the problem with YouTube, the problem with these trailers are, is that, that so many different YouTube pages have the trailer. So I get on YouTube and, and, and it's like, hey, it's IGN. We got the Batman trailer here. And then it's like, hey, it's Warner Brothers. We got the Batman trailer in 4K. And then I'm like, oh, thank you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> so I, like, let's do it. And then I watch that, and then I watch it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, we don't really want to go too much into it because we don't want to distract from uh, the interview, but I would just say that I've got some theories. And oh, we got theories. I, I know we all got some theories, and I'm sure we will see them soon. The only th- the things that we do know is that with this trailer, only they were only able to film 25% of the movie 25% and they were able to give us that cool of a trailer mm-hmm. yeah. with only 25% yeah. of the film I really love that maybe we do a little mini episode yeah on going, digging into some I, I would love that yeah. I, I love the Nirvana theme throughout oh, it. Yeah. that was really interesting yeah. to me I think it's I think it's fantastic mm-hmm. well we'll shut up so that way yeah. you can hear us talk with Erica Schultz for two hours yeah, coming man. at you right now you silly sons of bitches <laughs> Well, we are here with comic author Erica Schultz. Erica, thank you so much once again for joining us on the Thoughts from the Basement podcast. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And you are here to discuss your new book, uh, Forgotten Home. It's just a release in a full collection on comicsology, correct? Uh, yeah, it was released uh, end of June, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. There we go. Well, very exciting. I remember last time when I interviewed you, you had just started forgotten home the first issue had just released like the weekend before yeah that was uh that was around new york comic-con yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and uh then after that you know so you've toiled away you've gotten through the covid madness you've managed to turn out a really great book in this trying time and um so thank you for that yeah really Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um so let's uh let's go let's just go into some thoughts behind the creative process real quick uh so, what was the original inspiration for Forgotten Home? Um, well, when Frozen had first come out, everyone was really excited about that. And I, I've always been the type of person who's never really big on hype. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to write the anti-Frozen. I'm going to write a story about two <laughs> sisters who hate each other and want to kill each other. Um, and uh, And I started working on that. And that sort of broke down into another story. Mm-hmm. Um, basically like when I come up with story ideas, I just sort of like word salad, everything. And then I sort of start picking through and I'm like, Oh, raisins don't belong in a salad and, you know, <laughs> pull things out. So the couple of the things that didn't belong in that one story I took out and those sort of became the seeds for forgotten home. Oh. And then I started building from there. Uh, the, the, I hate frozen story has yet to be produced yet, but that I'm still working on that one. <laughs> Well, that sounds like something that would be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what led to you choose, choosing to go with a, a mother-daughter relationship to be like the real driving point of the story, the real beating heart of it? Um, well, you know, a lot of people have looked at some of my other work and said that I have daddy issues, so I thought I would have mommy issues with this one. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think having um, a lot of uh, families have uh, – you know, or matriarchal as opposed to patriarchal, um, just from circumstance and showing the idea of three very strong or two very strong women and one very strong young woman 
trying to uh, find themselves, trying to accomplish, you know, their life's goals, but all going about it in very, very different ways. Um, Queen Rani being, you know, very, um, what's the word, authoritative, you know, fascist almost. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. fascist. That's one um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Lorraine trying to be, you know, the cool mom. Um, and yet, despite her best efforts of being the cool mom and giving Joanna all the freedoms that she never had as a child, Joanna still rebels. So, I mean, I wanted to, to show that, you know, parenting is complex. Parenting is tough. Uh, I am not a parent myself, but I, I have many nieces, nephews, and godsons. So uh, I know that raising a kid is like, uh, what, what did my friend say? Raising a kid is like trying to nail jello to a tree. <laughs> okay. uh, so, so, you know, you can do as best as you can and, you know, stuff still happens. Uh, I also know my mom worked really hard. You know, my mom brought up three kids and she worked really, really hard. And, um, you know, we don't always get along but I respect what she did and the sacrifices that she made. Um, so I just sort of wanted to turn the, the evil queen on its head a little bit. Um, and, and I think that family, whether it's family by blood or family by bond is, is very, very important. And it's very important to me as I have a lot of close friends that are, you know, like siblings to me. Um, so I wanted to show that, uh, that bond being tested uh, in, in sort of a fantastical kind of way. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, so were did uh was your uh, father around at all? Because I noticed there wasn't a, a male figure in Lorraine's life and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so no, my dad gonna... was around. He okay, was around okay. for a while. Um, he, um, what was I? I was twelve or thirteen when my parents got divorced, but my dad was still around. He actually passed in twenty sixteen. Oh, um, okay. So. Uh, but, you know, he, he was around and, and my dad was a very um, complex individual, for lack of a better term. Um, I get a lot of my sarcasm and um, a lot of my very sort of um, black humor and gallows humor from him. Although I was, when talking to my mother earlier today, uh, she said something that my grandmother, her mother said. And I was like, oh, so I did get sarcasm from both sides. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> you know, my 94-year-old, my mother was on the phone with my 94-year-old nonna today. And she said, so what are you doing tonight, Ma? And she goes, oh, I'm going out dancing. What do you expect? <laughs> you know, mind you, the woman can't, can barely move. So I thought I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. So I guess I guess I get that weird sense of humor from both sides of the family. Um, but yeah, so my dad was around, but... The idea is that in this sort of world, it's not really a male-female idea. The idea is more like it's power versus no power. Gotcha. Because there yeah. are still male characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. have you have uh, Deco, you have De Gaulle, you have Trudaire, and you have Carol. Uh, you, well, you have Michael, who's Joanna's father. But you have these four central warrior characters that are also there. Uh, and they all sort of have their own sort of like you know, on a, on a graph, their own sort of levels of, um, you know, compassion versus, you know, all hell break breaks loose, you know, berserker rage kind of thing. Um, so I, I, I just wanted to show complex people just in general. Um, and I wanted to show that everybody has, has multiple sides to them. And we see Lorraine sort of being like the, you know, the tough love kind of mom, you know, but still like, I'm still the cool mom. Uh, and then we see her having to get tough with her daughter 
and you know we see Trader and you know him trying to be really you know oh well you know I'm I'm not I'm totally fine with the fact that my ex is here you know kind of yeah. thing yeah. um so yeah I, I just I wanted there to be a lot of layers to each character um which is why I think it, it was really helpful for Comicsology to allow us to go eight issues we had pitched the story to several publishers and many of them wanted us to break it down and make it four or five issues. And I, I really struggled with that a lot uh, right. because I felt that there were a lot of characters. I wouldn't consider it an ensemble cast, but there were a lot of characters and I wanted them all to sort of get their little shining moments. Um, and if we had broken it down to four or five issues, we absolutely would not have had that. So I was very, very thankful for Comixology to, um, to give us the time and the space to do that. Yeah. I really got the, the feel that like, ev that a lot of characters had their moment to shine mm -hmm. was like one of the things that I, I noticed while, um, while, while reading, while reading the book was that each character got their moment to shine and each character got their moment. their their almost, you know, relatable moment um, where as a reader, you can, you know, relate to this character in one way or another. Um, and so I'm, I'm, it's really interesting that you meant to do that. I mean, obviously meant to do that. You're a writer. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? Well, it's really interesting you bring that up, I should say, because that was one of the things that I noticed about, I, I noticed about it was that each character got their moment. Um, mm -hmm. I well, really interesting. I, I'm glad it came through. I mean, one of the things that, that I always try to say, whether I'm teaching, you know, an online writing class or I'm teaching the Kubert school is, you know, the number one thing that you want to create with your story is an emotional uh, relationship between the story and the um, and your audience, and I would say a good eighty percent of that link is through character. You know, there might be through situation, plot, uh, through setting, and things like that. But the vast majority really is through character, and you want to have characters that doesn't matter where they are on this planet or on other planets. You want them to be relatable. I mean, I always use Superman or Martian Manhunter as an example. Um, you know, they are completely alien to us, yet we find them, we find something relatable because of, for lack of a better term, their humanity, their compassion. And that's what we, that's the emotional link that we have to them. So it doesn't matter if the character looks like you, sounds like you, doesn't look like you, doesn't sound like you. If they have an experience that you can relate to, then that's what's important. And then once you have a, um, an audience really linked to that, then then they'll be, you know, rooting for the bad guy, you know, rooting for the good guys and booing the bad guys, you know, and that's what you want. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. For sure. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, what, uh, what, how, how was the overall creative process? Like what was, uh, how was it like with communicating with your artists and like getting stuff back and like, interpreting her art versus your words and everything like that. What was that? How was that all played out? Marika Cresta is a consummate professional. She's fantastic. Um, she doesn't speak very much English. Um, so we, there were a few things I, and I, I do speak Italian. So I was, you know, if there was something that I couldn't explain that was too, um, that was too much of a colloquialism in English, I would write it in Italian just so hopefully she would understand it more. Uh, but, she was fantastic. Um, just a workhorse really like pages would just crank out. And, you know, I think that as a writer, the onus is on us to, to be able to articulate the vision 
as clearly as possible because artists are doing so much work. You don't want to go back for a million revisions. It's not fair to them. And it really sort of comes down to you not having a discussion with them um, to, to really make sure that there's not a million rounds of revisions. Uh, but Marika was fantastic and I was incredibly lucky to work with her. Um, she's actually nominated for Ringo for best. Yeah, anchor. I, was, I was just getting ready to say she, and you're nominated as well for uh, best writer, right? I'm nominated for best writer. She's nominated for best anchor. Natasha Alterici is nominated for best covers. Uh, Cardinal Ray for best letters. And uh, the story is nominated for best series. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So that's five nominations. Well, technically there's six nominations because strange tales, which is another book that I did with Claire Connolly is actually also up for best anthology. So, oh, okay. Well, so I've got awesome. I've got six chances to root for people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, you there you go. There you go. Well, congratulations on those. Yeah, um, thank that's, you. That's fantastic. So did you did you meet up with uh, Marika? I'm sorry. Is that how you say your name? Marika. Yeah. Marika. Did you meet um, up with her in person to like pitch the idea, or how did you two get to meet to do this in the first place? Unfortunately, I hadn't gotten the chance to meet her in person. Uh, I think she was possibly planning on coming to New York Comic Con one of these days. Uh, but no, we did not meet in person. Uh, a friend of mine named James Emmett, who is a fantastic editor, uh, we've worked together before. We're actually working on a project now. Um, I just caught my eye on my calendar. I, I owe him an outline tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, um, so James is fantastic. He works with Marvel 451. Um, he's worked all over the place and he's really terrific, terrific editor. And um, when I was working on the initial work on Forgotten Home, I had spoken to James about it and I asked, you know, are there any artists that, you know, you think would be good for this? And I got a, an email list and Marika was one of the people on the list. So. Wow. That's, that's really interesting how you guys were able to complete this fantastic project and not be able to do actually meet each other face to face. I just think that's pretty wild. It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, as, as much as the internet can be an awful place to, you know, it makes things like this so incredibly possible. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, and last, last overall question on the creative process. Uh, what do you, what do you find best helps a creative relationship thrive other than constant communication? Um, I think communication is probably the number one. Uh, the other thing that I would say is I think that Every creator, no matter, you know, I always, I have this sort of lecture the first day of school for the Cuber School, and I talk about the cosmic comic wheel and how every spoke, you know, the story is the centerpiece, but every spoke is another aspect, whether it's penciler, inkler, writer, graphic designer, you know, whatever, editor. Um, and the more things that you do, the more spokes that you've experienced make you a better person to make a better story. So I've been very, very fortunate. I've been a background artist. I've been an inker. I've been a colorist. I've been a letterer, an editor, a writer, a graphic designer. I've done everything um, of, you know, part of that, that wheel. So I encourage creators just in general to try, even if it's stick figures, if you're a writer, try and draw your own story. If you're a writer, try and letter your own story. If you're an artist, try and letter your own story. Cause a lot of times you'll get a story back, you'll get pages back and you're like, there's no room for any dialogue anywhere. <laughs> you know? So just, it's just, I think it's important to experience the other sides of this huge collaborative process that we call comics. And then this way that will make you better at whatever it is you're going to focus on because 
you've done it, you've walked a mile in their shoes and you can say, okay, I know what I'm asking is impossible. Let me try and reframe this a different way. Um, So communication and just broadening your horizons as a creator and trying to see what, uh, what other artists and what other creators are doing um, just to try and make sure that you're really understanding the, the whole of the process. You know, even if you never letter another story in your entire life, you still have that experience. Um, and you remember that because, you know, let, poor letterers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure lettering is a very tough part of the comics process. I'm sure it might be one of the more tough parts. It is. And and I, I taught lettering with comics experience. So um, lettering can can be, you know, letter, letterers and colorists are, are sort of where everything bottlenecks. You know, if the writer takes forever on writing a script and getting it to the artist or the artist takes forever on uh, on putting out the pages, the colorist and the letterer, usually the deadline doesn't always uh, change and doesn't always move, especially in a monthly book. So it's like that's where the bottleneck comes. And that's when the colorist and letterer are really under the gun. Um, and it's tough. And, you know, having been a letterer, you know, I, I remember at one point, I was lettering like four monthly books and working full time. And I would have my small laptop with me. I'd have like a little MacBook air sitting on my lap at, on the train for the hour ride into New York. And I would be lettering on the train ride there. And then I would be lettering on the train ride back. And then I get home and then I'd be lettering more, you know, I mean, and it was a lot, but you know, if the pages came in late, I just had to find a way to figure it out. And same thing with the colorist. So really, um, Anything that you can do to make the process easier for the rest of your team, it could be something as simple as if you're an artist, as resizing your own pages. You know, I mean, it's a simple thing, but when you have 22 of them to do and you have less than 10 minutes to do it, you know, that's something that that's something that you can do as just a tiny little thing that you can do that helps the colorist, that helps the letterer, you know, that sort of helps everybody down the line. Gotcha. Okay. Collaboration. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all one big collaboration. Any any creative effort. Um. Well, that's all I really had about the creative process. Now let's now let's get into the real meat and potatoes of the conversation here. Uh, for the book itself. Um, let's start off at the beginning. You know, you got Lorraine. She is a sheriff in a small town, and she's dealing with a bunch of uh missing kid cases going on. Um, what was the inspiration for the missing children part of it? I needed something, I needed some type of hook to get us to Janata, to get us to this fantastical world. And um, I needed to find a way to, because this is a, Janata is a place that she ran away from. There's no way in hell that she's going back, you know, on her own. Right. So I needed to find a way to get her back home with a very sort of compelling reason and this idea of you know she is a mom and being a mom means that she has this sort of motherly instinct pretty much for any kid so i mean if you talk to parents if they see something on the news about a child being kidnapped any parent like you know clutches their chest right um even though it's not their kid <laughs> Alex, no, no, Alex is I'm, apparently I'm, I'm, yeah. he shrugged. Like, eh, that's not my well, kid. So, no. <laughs> but, you 
you know, okay, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm making broad generalizations. Right, right. But, no, I totally understand. Um, I'm just playing. <laughs> but a lot of parents sort of feel that. So you know, her taking on this case is is very personal for her, not because her kid was kidnapped, which we later find out it actually happens, but it's because she's a mom and she wants to make sure that she finds these kids and she's going to do what she can to find these kids. Um, and then when her daughter is kidnapped, then it's the sort of like, Oh crap moment right? where mm-hmm. she has to then go back home, you know, go back to Janata. And the first words out of her mouth, when she sort of drops out of this portal is like, I'm not here to fight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, don't but, shoot. Yeah. Just give me the kids and let me get the hell out of here. I don't want right. to be here. You don't want me here. Let's just, you know, let's just go. Let's get over it and go. Right. Um, so, yeah. What's so interesting. Which what? is like Thanksgiving for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, what I thought was so interesting about the book, uh, book was that in the that whole first issue, like unless you – unless going into the story you already know that like – the premise of the story, like if you're going in cold reading that story, you could, I, I was reading it thinking this is like a, a, there's there a serial killer. Is there, you know, like she's got, she's got magic. She can, she can sense that, you know, the magic was here. I was like, okay, so that's like, that's really cool. But like, is it this, is it this who done it? Is it this murder mystery? Is she going after trying to solve this, this thing. And I, I thought that was a really cool hook. And I thought that, that there are uh, there are a handful of really interesting uh, twists and in this in the story that you know just bring you in and and uh, yeah I thought I, I was I really, I really yeah I agree yeah. it started off like I was like is this like a kind of a Jessica Jones kind of thing like she uses her powers to solve things I wasn't just sure like, and yeah then, yeah like yeah, it's and almost it, it almost uh-huh. felt grounded in reality yeah. for a little while. And then it, it almost zooms out to the, the bigger picture. And then, and I know like once when, um, when, um, Joanna gets, uh, kidnapped and, and, and they say like the, they enter the, the brothers introduce themselves. And then they say like the Jacob brothers, I was like, Oh God. I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, this I was like, it. like putting it together myself. I'm like, 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 uh, mm-hmm. I was like, I know what's gonna happen. Those are the bad some guys. creepy serial killer boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what was yeah, kind of my yeah. thought. I was like, oh man, they were kidnapping all these girls. Like, mm-hmm. and then it was. I just think, I mean, and we, you know, we're gonna keep talking about it, but I just think there's so many like extra layers of things that just add a little bit like more to it. The fact that they were kidnapping like these girls that you know that had bad home lives or, or, um, you know, had a reason to leave like that. That was so interesting to me. Um, and I think, I mean, I had done the serial killer thing. I had a story from action lab called 12 devils dancing, which was about, um, a serial killer stalking the FBI agent who never caught him. And the FBI okay. agent is dying. And there's a serial killer who finds out that he's dying and is literally just torturing him emotionally <laughs> for, you know, however long he has left on earth. So I thought I was like, I don't want to do the serial killer aspect, um, but I needed a hook. And some people have, have said, oh, the, the child kidnapping was, was, a, was a MacGuffin. Maybe it was. I mean, but if you, if you watch Psycho, the story is not about the bank robbery. The story is right. about, you know, Norman and his mom and right. all of that. Like, you know, the bank robbery just is what gets you into the story. And right. I kind of felt like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to sort of Hitchcock this a little bit. 
and get us into where we need to be, which is we need to be in Janata. We need to have, you know, that whole thing play out. What's going to get her there? Oh, her daughter's going to get kidnapped. Her daughter and her daughter's best friend are going to get kidnapped. That's mm. what's going to be what pushes her over the edge to finally go there. And I mean, the first issue really, um, I rewrote the first issue, like, I'm not exaggerating, like 17 times. There were like 17 oh, wow. drafts mm. of this thing. Um, and at first I had this, uh, there was a thing where I had um, basically Lorraine and Joanna were, Joanna was younger and I had Lorraine and Joanna sort of at this diner, um, you know, baseball caps on, you know, sort of like low to the ground kind of thing, um, trying to avoid uh, capture more or mm. less and like on the run. And then, uh, and the magic wasn't revealed until absolutely the last page. And my husband was reading it and he was saying, he's like, you know what? The magic is so important for the, he's like, just bring it in early. I was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you got it. He's like, you got to get it into the first five pages. Cause most, mostly when you pitch, a pitch is usually five to eight pages. Hmm. So he's like, you got to get it into those first five pages. I was like, uh, all right, fine. And then I sort of reworked how it was going to be. I made Joanna a little bit older. So she's a little older. She's a teenager. She's a little angsty. So there's a little bit of resentment there to begin with. And then that sort of is is um, accentuated and sort of exploited to to drive this wedge between them. Right. I think that's what makes the the you mentioned the um, the abduction side of it being a MacGuffin. I th- I don't think that's the case. I think because that magic is is right from the start that you know something's up. Right. You know that you you know you know this isn't what it looks like. Right. So you're telling me my husband was right. Uh, I won't tell him you said that. No, no, no don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him. We'll, <laughs> I mean, you, you're the smart one. You took, you, you took the advice, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You took the criticism or, or whatever. You like that's the, that's the, that's the. You, main you goal saw right that there. it was a good idea and then did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he just put it in. Good your on head. you. Yeah. He, he comes up with some good ideas himself. He does. He does come up with some good ideas himself. I thought it was kind of uh, kind of interesting. I, I, I so. probably don't give him as en- enough credit. Does does he help you a lot? Do, do you we always don't. bounce stuff off of him? Um, or... Not always, but I do bounce a lot of story, uh, a lot of stuff off of him. Uh, he went to film school, so mm-hmm. he knows a lot about na- um, narrative um, co- narrative storytelling and visual storytelling and stuff like that. And um, when he first got out of school, he really wanted to be a director. Um, but he, he, you know, we're the two worst people to go see a movie with because <laughs> we'll like, he's, he's a film and television editor now. And so he'll sit there and break down the, the te- the technical and story aspects of the film and how it was edited and directed and the lighting and all this other stuff. And then I'll break down like the story and the dialogue and everything. And when people go to a movie with us and you have dinner after, well, I mean, it's been forever and I, who knows when that's actually going to happen movie? again. Yeah. What, what is a movie anymore these days? But they hate it because we're sitting there going through like the technical things. He's like, oh, I think they use tungsten lighting or blah, 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 blah. And this <laughs> and the next thing. And, and I think they shot with this camera. And, and I'm like, well, you know, I think if the, if the story plot had gone from here or whatever, and people are just like, oh, my God, can't you just enjoy something? <laughs> just enjoy it. And I'm like, no, but no, 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 none of that. No. Just enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, we're like the worst people to go see a movie with. <laughs> so... Janata is Janata a a planet or is it in a completely different dimension? Like, so yeah, <laughs> yes to everything. Okay, no, um, yeah. okay. 
so Janata sort of, um, there was, a, there was a, a Jonathan Hickman story for Avengers years ago called Rogue World. And the idea was that the multiverse was always there. Like every planet, every Earth version of Earth was on top of another version of Earth. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, because in sometimes when, the, when they do like multiverse, there's like a small Earth and a big Earth and everything. So basically, and this is, and, and in real, in real life, everything does vibrate on a, on a particular frequency. That is, that is an, an actual scientific fact. Um, so I wanted to sort of play with that idea of Janata just being a different frequency mm-hmm. from, okay. from what we know as earth. Okay. Um, so I always say it's sort of, it's like slightly to the left oh, you gotcha. know, I, I, I <laughs> of get where we are. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, from there, uh, issue two goes into, so Lorraine is back in Janata. She uh, she confronts Rainey in this issue, right? Yeah, like that's like within the first couple pages. Yeah. Uh, Rainey, uh, Rainey still is not over how she just up and left. Yeah. No. People have long memories, and, and evil queens have very long memories. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then from there, we go into um i'm trying to jog, jog my memory here a little bit issue two you want me to get my cheat sheet out sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember everything now wasn't it like um, mika and joanna the fabulous reveal of of Rani is on page 10 i know that because that is my absolute favorite page ever <laughs> um it's just because Yazelle Ayala designed the gowns and I just was blown away by the work that she did des- with designing everything. And then, you know, we have this sort of like badass look on her face mm-hmm. um, from Marika. Yeah, no, the, so. the dresses are quite elaborate and very, uh, very um, interesting. Well, well, uh, book two starts out showing, um, showing Lorraine when she was in the army, which is a very important part of, her backstory is that she was a soldier right? Yeah, um, and she uh, was stationed in Germany. She was stationed all over the place and she was actually deployed to Afghanistan. Um, so there, you know, so that shows a very important part. And it also gives us some backstory and some history on Janata um, and sort of the uh, back and forth between the Janatans and the Chalambans. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. It, it does the time. It does like the jump almost. And a friend of mine actually cosplayed as Queen Carlista and put a fake Forgotten Home tattoo, this one. <laughs> there it is, the Royal Mark. Oh, wow. The Royal Mark, although mine doesn't, mine doesn't come off. No? <laughs> uh, no. She put, she put one on her eye. Oh, wow. And I was like, you're insane. Wow. <laughs> but no, she didn't. She, she uh cosplayed as Carlista and her wife cosplayed as Ronnie and did like a photo shoot and put it on Instagram and it was crazy and amazing and then I was like how are you gonna get that off your eye? (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't a permanent tattoo, right? Yeah right. And it's still there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not there anymore, thank God. But she showed me where like half of it was gone and there was this like purple circle. She looked like somebody punched her in the face. I was like, oh my God. Your wife's gonna murder me. Um but yeah, but we see that like Ronnie was not originally the queen; her older sister was. Right. Mm-hmm. They they um they have the struggle over um the uh, war with uh, how do you pronounce the name of that race? The Chalambans. The Chalambans. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
the, out, yes. over the war with the Chalanda. It's a whole lot of words from other languages. I basically go to Google Translate and I type something in and I start clicking through all the languages and I'm like, oh, that looks like a cool word. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's a... That's, that's how I come with la- yeah. up with last names for people. That's how I come up with yeah. my hot girl story. The character of Will carry it. Carry it apparently means, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but apparently means boyfriend in uh, Welsh. So I said, okay, huh. so he's going to be Shayer's love interest. Perfect. Right. That works. Hmm. That's so interesting. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a good strategy. That's, that's yeah. my secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there we go into the Mika and Joanna and down in the prison. And um, they start getting tortured, and then it's unveiled that Joanna has a royal mark on her, and she's brought up to Queen Rainey, which is what Lorraine has been trying to prevent this whole time. That's all. Yeah. That's all very. That's all very tense. I think I'm because you, 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 the reader knows that Lorraine doesn't want Joanna to meet Rainey, and then you know it's all right. it's all happening, and you're like, oh no, is it is it going to happen? Is Lorraine going to be able to get there? And then Lorraine gets her ass handed to her. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then um, I, re- I really love the moment when the three of them are later on in the book, uh, her, Teodore, and uh, Daruk, I believe. Trader, Trader and Gadal. Trader and Gadal uh, are down in um, the cellars, and uh, Trader says something along the lines of like, oh, I don't know if you've ever visited this place on your grand tours of the castle, and he's really throwing a lot of shade at her. <laughs> yeah. He he throws a whole hell of a lot of shade at her, and she deserves it, and she knows that she deserves it. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she tries and deflects it as much as she can, um, but no, it's yeah, not no. going to happen. Um, no. Because one of the reasons... You know, there are many reasons why she never wanted to return. She didn't want to be the general of the child army. Right. She didn't want to be a royal. She didn't want to have to have that responsibility. And as we learn later in the ser- in the story, she was born with that destiny. Like, the day she was born, that destiny was written, was that she was the one to end the war. Right. And you th- if you think of it in terms of, like, Anakin Skywalker, yes, he was the one who was supposed to bring... <laughs> uh, what? I was there. Yep. That's what I was thinking. You were there with Anakin Skywalker? <laughs> yes. You were on Mustafar? Yeah, but only with uh, Hayden, Christ- Hayden Christensen's Anakin okay. Skywalker. <laughs> but but this <laughs> idea of like, okay, so Anakin's going to bring balance to the Force. Everybody thought he was going to do it when he was in his 30s. They didn't know that he was actually going to do it much, much later. Right. So that's kind of the idea with Lorraine is that she sort of, she ran away from her destiny. She didn't want anything right. to do with it. And she thought, okay, it's going to be really quick, quick and easy. I'm going to just drop in, grab my daughter, grab some kids, get out, be fine. No muss, no fuss. Well, you yeah. kind of left some damage in your wake. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. Um, and there's actually something that Rani says, you know, this idea of like, you you might be exceptional on Earth, but here you're not. Like, everybody's got magic. I just kicked your ass like that. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and it's like, you know, Superman on Krypton doesn't have superpowers. He's only Superman when he's here. Right. So so this idea of Lorraine being, you know, somebody important and um, and having these abilities on Earth and being special there. You're nobody special here. And that really knocks her down a couple of pegs. And she she has to literally start from scratch uh, in a place she doesn't want to be. Uh, with people who, despite 
you know, might having feelings for her, resent the hell out of her. And she still has to find her daughter. So there's like all these things sort of like piling on top of her in this like crisis Sunday, you know, yeah. and it's like cherry on top, by the way, your daughter kind of likes it there. She's yeah. not really planning on going home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like how you chose to um, have people grow out of their powers. I thought that was, I thought that was a really cool thing to uh, have established in the world. And then, you know, you also had people like uh, Tradera who were born without powers yeah. and then just never had them. And, uh, you know, they even point out, like, why do you fight? You know, it's 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 useless. Your swords don't penetrate our that, skin. That was a moment for me. Yeah. When she <laughs> says that. Yeah. I will say, when I was, like, that was one of those, like, like as I was reading that and she says that, uh, you know, your, your sword can't do anything to me. Like, why are you fighting? I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, you were just, why are you? Like, you're just being used, man. Just being used, like it's so. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a great moment. That's a moment yeah. that always. That, that and then his friend lost me. an eye and a leg. So yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, the, sometimes that happens in life. Sometimes you lose an eye. Sometimes you lose. <laughs> sometimes, an eye. sometimes you don't. The, the real the real lucky ones lose both. <laughs> I was I was gonna say though that the that splash page of Carol sort of like reaching out from the battlefield. Mm -hmm. um, I, I took a, a, a reference photo for Marika for that. And um, I was emailing her while I was at the Cuber school and I was working, I emailed her and I ran down to Michael Crager, who is the court uh, the uh, career services uh, coordinator there. And I was like, Mike, I, I have a really weird request for you. And he was like, what? I was like, take my phone and take a photo of me because I have to send it for reference. He's like, okay. I was like, give me a second. I'm crawling on, on his floor, <laughs> on his office floor. And I'm like reaching out. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, it's the reference photo. Just take it. <laughs> and so I have this like reference photo of me, like crawling on the floor. And he's like, all right, weirdo, here you go. Yeah. Cool. Like, what's that for? Get get out of my office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get, don't you have a class to teach? Yeah. <laughs> get the hell out now. Um, but yeah. And, and I mean, Marika, it's it's literally the exact pose. It's just let's put somebody else's face on it. <laughs> so m moving on, we get um, we go back to uh, issue three now. Uh, we're in California fifteen years ago. With uh, yep. we're seeing Michael for the first time, and um, laid back surfer dude. Yeah, very nice. I really love their uh, relationship. Um, There's almost solar opposites in a sense. I think. Well, he he allows her to be normal. Right. He allows yeah. her to be, you know, a 17-year-old, whereas she's never been allowed to be, to enjoy anything. Because from day one, you're training, you're, you're, you have a job to do. Yeah. As an infant, you have a job to do. Um, and that was something that she resented. She resented never having a childhood. Um, sometimes I think about it like uh, child actors. You know, you think some of these people at very young age, they have a job. Some of them are even supporting their whole families. You know, um, that's got to be really, really tough. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, which is why you see so many on drugs and all this, you know, crazy stuff happening when they're like 17, 18, getting arrested and stuff. You know, because you got to think like they never had the opportunity to try and be anything but this super responsible adult at a very young age. Right. Um, and so he allowed her to just be, 
and had no expectations of her at all. And he even had a sense of humor about some stuff. I had a lot more with Michael. Um, and I, I mean, I, I got the green light for eight issues. I could have gone 10, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't go back after and be like, okay, by the way, I got two more issues. You know, um, I signed a contract for eight, um, <laughs> but, but I really, I, I mean, I would love it, love it, love it. If this, if we were able to take this to like an animated, like anime or something, because there's so much more to the story, to the lore, to the characters that I have like in a fat notebook that I want everybody to see. Right. Um, so, I mean, I would love to show more of the stuff that I had with Michael, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with his, his relationship with his family, how his family was very, very different and how his family was very accepting and very loving and very, you know, like you're a good guy, you're doing things right kind of thing. Whereas Lorraine's, it was always, no matter what, even when you're right, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I re I really, Mike, Michael was a good guy. I really liked, uh, I really liked Michael as a character. And then I like how you show in this issue, the clashing relationships that Lorraine has. Um, with Michael and then with Trader when they're training, yeah. And um, you really see that uh, you Trader has to teach her. He has to be like, your magic's not always going to be the thing that saves you. And she's like, oh yeah, watch this. And then he still proceeds to beat her. And yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he never had magic as a crutch, right? Ever, right. So him being the one to train her was important because. He, even if he wanted to turn around and say, okay, I'm going to show you up, he can't. Mm -hmm. So right. it's kind of like, you know, you have to learn. It's like that, you know, there's, there's a, been a couple of episodes where, you know, I always go back to Superman, but it's because Superman's so ubiquitous. I mean, you say Supergirl, whatever, but any Kryptonian going to a planet with a red sun, you have to find a way to fight and learn how to fight. And I remember this one great episode of Justice League where um, Superman's fighting on a planet with like a, a I think it, it had um, an artificial red sun and everybody was like, Hey, Kryptonian, you don't have your powers. He says, yeah, but I sparred with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So like I can still handle myself kind of thing. Yeah. So I wanted it to be like Trader could handle himself. And in, in a world where most people have abilities or at least at their age have abilities that he doesn't and can still handle himself is important. Because it, it, he's not the, the proxy for a damsel in distress. Mm -hmm. I didn't want him to be that proxy. Right. Right. No. Like, oh, okay, it sounded like you had something to get ready to say. And then from there, Rainy watches this, and she gets upset. She makes Trader go fight on the front lines. She sends Lorraine to her room. And then yeah, this... exactly. She literally sends her to her yeah. room. <laughs> and then this is, where, this is where Lorraine gets the idea that she's going to wise up and leave. And um, she fights. I've, I've I've got it pulled up on uh, the Kindle app now, so that way I can I got a little bit of a reference here. <laughs> and she she gets in a fight with uh, Trader. She shoots him away, and then she disappears into the night and shows back up and scares the hell out of Michael. <laughs> but she catches his coffee. Yeah, no coffee was was hurt in the making of this comic. Yeah, well, that, thankfully. And then this is a uh, this is where she chooses to stay. From here on out, right? This is where she she's like, I'm done. I'm done being there. Done. Once she knows that Michael is going to find a way to make this work, once she knows that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like the, the, the thing that she needed to hear is we're going to make this work. We'll figure it out and it's going to be okay. And we'll be together 
and that's it. And that's all that, that she really needed to hear. Um, then it's okay. I can do this. I, I feel confident now being able to do this because I have you with me. Right. Right. And then from there, Rainy shows up and then she brutally takes Michael away from us in the same interview, oh, yeah. in the same that issue, was, mm-hmm. in the same issue you introduce such a likable guy, you, you just rip him right out from under us. She basically I know Thanos I didn't want to do that, but yeah. there's only so much real estate I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, as, as Phil said, you basically Thanos him. Yep. Yeah. I did. I yeah. did. Well, that, I mean, that was what I used as a reference. It's funny because I started writing this story. I mean, when it was originally you know, coming together was like 2013, 2014. But mm-hmm. when I really started scripting it, I was scripting it in like 2016, 2017. So this idea of sort of like breaking into ash and dusting away was based on Pompeii um, oh. more than oh. Thanos. Okay. But wow. then once, you know, that happened, I was like, oh yeah, you can use that as a reference point. But my initial thing was this idea of like, um, of Pompeii and, you know, the people that were sort of like created in, in ash, and then if a stiff wind blew, huh. that would sort of take them away. So yeah, gotcha. Okay, and then that was that was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was brutal. Like, Sorry. And then <laughs> it wasn't. It's not. It's not as heartbreaking as her traveling around looking for him. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you know when she knows he's gone. But she still has but to. She still like, has to it's, look. It's for why him. she joins the army to try to yes. to try mm-hmm. to find him. I like how you show that, that Rainy can uh, force choke mm-hmm. in, in this. Uh, <laughs> in this as well, I just thought that was really cool. And Star Wars is very, very important to me. Uh, very good. Very, very important to me. Star Wars uh, is very important to all of us. Yeah. Real quick, um, not to get too sidetracked. Oh, what's your no, thoughts on no. the Last Jedi? No. Yay or nay? I, I actually didn't see it. Oh, okay. oh good. My, good. my husband, I heard <laughs> some of it. My husband was in the basement, in the man cave in the basement, and I heard some of it. But I was like, eh. I was not I was not a fan of, uh, oh, well, I wasn't a fan of Last, I saw Last Jedi. I didn't see Rise of Skywalker. That's oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. He, he saw Rise worse. of Skywalker. I wasn't a fan of, La- I wasn't a fan of the new stuff. I'm okay. sorry. No, fair I, enough. I thought Solo was okay. Virtual high. I thought I thought out of out of all of them, pro- I haven't seen The Mandalorian. I don't have Disney Plus. I know I'm a terrible geek. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's I thought good. Solo mm-hmm. was okay. I thought you know, I thought Rogue One was decent. It wasn't mm-hmm. good. It was decent. Um, but I really like I look. I'm in my 40s, so I really love the original trilogy because I remember being online around the movie theater waiting for the um for empire strikes back i remember being standing in line for that and remember standing all the way around the theater in the back by the dumpsters (laughs) and looking up and seeing a basketball hoop and being like who plays basketball near trash (laughs) and thinking it was this like weird thing and my and my older brother teasing me and my sister because he was the only one who saw um, a new hope in the theater, despite the fact that my mother was nine months pregnant with me when she took him. So I was like, I was there. 
I, you so heard it all. You heard it all. I mm-hmm. saw all the original movies in the theater. I may not have seen them, but I certainly <laughs> heard were, them. You were present. You were in attendance. I was. I was pre- I was viable. Yeah. <laughs> she was nine months there. I was viable. I should have. I, sh- I should have. You know, kicked her too hard and been like, "I'm going to be born in this theater." Yeah, oh, that would have. That would have been quite <laughs> the experience. Yeah, yeah that would have been amazing. That would. That would have been a story and a half. But oh, wow. uh, all right, let's let's get back on track here. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. We, we, we get all it's always time for Star Wars. Yeah, there's always time for Star Wars. <laughs> this Also in this issue, this is when Rainy really starts to begin to sink her clutches into Joanna. She shows yeah. her her true powers, and um, she be- she only begins to start. She's not fully there, but meanwhile, while that's happening, Lorraine and Jessica are having a conversation, and you really yes. see the depths of, Lorraine, of uh, Rainy's claws. When um, Lorraine has that conversation with Jessica, and Jessica harkens back to the first issue yes, when Lorraine the... went to that you know sovereign citizen house mm-hmm. and to to check out Jessica Gallagher. So I wanted to tie in these little things. Um, there's a lot of loose threads that I tried very very hard to sort of tie up toward the end as much as possible. But yeah, so I mean, this shows sort of the depravity of Rani turning around and sending scouts out to befriend kids and then finding out, you know, who's bullied, who's, who's got a terrible home life, who's itching to just get away and run away. Those are the mm-hmm. ones that you're going to take. Right. And, you know, Mika says in the first issue, she doesn't really have any friends. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any friends. Joanna's her only friend. She's a lonely kid. She's got an older brother, but she's a lonely kid. And once Joanna leaves, what else is she going to have? So that makes her a perfect target. So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of like really, you know, social ills and, and all kinds of stuff that I dealt. I just sort of like threw the kitchen sink in with everything. Uh, But yeah, I think this, this story sort of just overall touches on a lot of stuff. It definitely does. It definitely Mm -hmm. does for sure. And then, so also this is where, um, Lorraine remembers the sword that Trader has left for her. Yes, the dagger, but she doesn't remember that it was actually Trader. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Whoops. Um, And then this is when uh, Trader shows up with... uh, Degal. Degal. And then so, going on in the the next issue, issue four. um, I have to say, that last image... Oh, no. That, like, that, like... It's badass great. hero shot, like oh, yeah. runway yeah. Zoolander image. <laughs> yeah. That one, I's like, yeah. Trader's got, got his hood up. Awesome. The, the, he's got the cape rippling behind him. Exactly. And he always has his sword because he doesn't have powers. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, they, you know, they make the cover of the next issue. Yeah, they, they make the cover. Well, you know what? I said, to, I said to Natasha, I was like, you know, every issue we've had a royal on it. Let's, let's mix it up. You know, we're half, this is the halfway mark. Let's mix it up. And we just introduced these two badass characters. Let's, let's give them their due. Yeah. And Natasha Alterici is, she's my cover girl. She's fantastic. She's great to work with. I'm working with her on a project uh, for, that I'm editing for another company. She's really, she's top notch, really talented, incredible. If you hadn't had a chance to, uh, to read Heathen, uh, her book from Vault, definitely do. Um, but yeah, Natasha really brought her a game on all of this. Um, so yeah, so she she's like, oh, okay, let me see what these weird things look like with the four <laughs> fingers and you know, 
let's let's do this up. She 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 did a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then from there we've got a uh, Rainy showing um unveiling the letter that Michael letter that Michael wrote. The letter Michael wrote. <laughs> yeah. To uh Lorraine and the absolute heartbreak Lorraine has because she immediately knows that her mom's lying to her. Yep. And then we show we see her get. This is when she starts to actually get recruited into the army. She uh, uses her magic to uh, brainwash the recruiter. I've never I've never seen somebody so desperate to get into the military. Yeah, not since like you know Steve Rogers. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> well, like that was well that kind of was the joke is that you know there's two reasons why Lorraine wanted to go into the military. One was to find Michael, but two because she had no other skills but being a soldier. That's very mm. true. Yep. So, like, she couldn't be a baker, she couldn't be a teacher, she couldn't be any of those things, mm. and she had to find, she had to make a living somehow. Um, so, yeah. And and she thwarts, like, all DOD yeah. things, she finds she finds a loophole in everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, if you think about it, shows that Lorraine has a bit of her mother's manipulative list, manipulativeness, is that a word? Uh, yeah, we'll go in with it. Her. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the Apple, you know, Lorraine tries, tries to be the, you know, the paragon of, of heroics, but she has made a couple of jerk moves and this happens to be one of them. Right. And then from here, this is when, um, Joanna, uh, portals, uh, Miko back into the throne room. <clears throat> and, um, this is when the, uh, Joanna realizes that, uh, Janata is only great to her. <laughs> because yes. Miko is absolutely terrified of it. And then um you know, this is also where Rainy promises that everything's going to be uh, fine with Miko. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, you, you know something. Yeah, going you on. you know you something. That, I I mean I I was waiting for them to take her away to like another room and kill yeah, her, yeah. honestly. And just like offer? Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, they're just going to either that or force her into the army or something. I I just assumed I it um there were no Mika's killed in the making of no. this. Comic. So it reminded me of of earlier when um, when Rainy and um, I don't remember how to say this her this the original queen's name Krillista Krillista the Krillista, first Krillista? Yeah, her okay. older sister yeah. yeah when when um when Rainy kills the young Chalaban boy yeah the mm-hmm. young Chalaban mm-hmm. boy this reminded me of that and that's why I thought it was going to that. And so, I was very surprised to see that she that she mm-hmm. survived. Maybe not with her memories, but she survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that that actually made it worse. I think I think if if Mika had been killed, then Joanna would immediately have something to lash out at her grandmother about. Right. Right. But the fact that Mika wasn't killed, but just doesn't remember Joanna. Yeah, she she got men in black. Yeah. yeah, that's even that's a, an even bigger heartbreak for Joanna. Mm-hmm. Not so. not being able to return to Earth and see her one friend, and and have Hawaiian pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, I hate. Yeah, no, that's unfortunate that they like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was actually that was actually something that in in the longer season, the longer um, s- scenes that I had with Michael, that was something that. Michael loved Hawaiian pizza. And so that was sort of a link to Michael originally. Oh, okay. And, you know, they used to have pizza on the beach every morning. 
kind of thing. Um, but unfortunately, I had to cut that, which is why we need to make this into a show so I can put all those awesome tidbits in there. There we go. Mm-hmm. I, Call I, me. I, I would watch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so then from here, we've got um, the the great threesome now of uh, Lorraine, Trader, and De Gaulle. De Gaulle. I keep. I, keep, I guess <laughs> keep it's pronounced that way. That's how I pronounce it. Who knows? Uh, well, you wrote it. So I was that's say, how I feel like what you, it. I feel like what you say goes. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. said his name was Pete, and that's just how you spelled <laughs> it, I'd be like, <laughs> like. So we have them working through the catacombs, trying to escape, and this is also when Lorraine finds out that the only way to make sure that all the children are safe again is if Rainy is overthrown, and that is absolutely not the plan that Lorraine has. Well, I mean, Trader kind of tries to to almost blackmail Lorraine. Yeah. So you see there's like really no character that is like 100% good. Mm-hmm. Everybody has like a bit of a jerk move. I would say Trader is probably the best out of all of them and is not like, you know, this is like his one sort of like last ditch effort, but everybody has done something jerky. Yeah. And and that's sort of, you know, life. Like you could be the nicest person on the planet and you've probably pissed somebody off and, you know, you pissed off the barista at Starbucks or something, you know? Right. Like, you've done something kind of jerky. Right. It, just, it just shows that they're human. Yeah, well, Urgenatum. Yeah, Urgenatum. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> kind of human. Humanoid esque. I don't know. Yeah. Human chic. Human chic. Yeah. Look, I, I just made, I make this stuff up off the top of my head. I don't know. And hopefully it makes sense. Oh, it does. We dig it. We dig it over here. And then uh, this is also when uh, Rainy confronts uh, the Jacob brothers, and you see. Quite just how powerful Rainy actually is. She uh, manages to Thanos one of the brothers as well. <laughs> yeah, she, although it's it's interesting because she really goes low in terms of, you know, taunting them. Mm-hmm. Because they are afraid of her. Like, they are legitimately afraid of her. Right. But she really goes low in taunting them. And when she hits, when she presses that button... They're like, all right, I'm going to punch you. And they literally punch her in the face. Yeah. Which she kind of deserved. Mm-hmm. She really mm-hmm. deserved. Yeah. yeah, no, I was I was, I was, was rooting for him for a minute there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then this, uh, and then we have uh, Trader and Lorraine and DeGaulle run into a group of uh, child soldiers who are ready to try to stop, to stop them because they've heard out that they found out that they've escaped and there's this great conflict down in the catacombs. And uh, that's also, is this also when it's unveiled that one of them is a mole? Yes, yeah, Deco. Shortly after this. Yeah, he's shortly the, after that. He's the, uh, the leader of that squadron. Mm-hmm. Deco. Yeah, Deco. He, he is a mole. He's is, he is the, uh, the double agent. And then um, this is also where we meet another uh, Chalumban. Is that? Yes, that's yeah. that's uh, De Gaulle's wife, Dejek. De Gaulle's wife, Dejek. And um, yes. This is also... And they are the bickering couple that everyone knows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They don't ever seem to agree on anything. Yeah. And then um, we see Rainy do some more deceiving after she's gotten a good uh, crystal burst from the Eliza crystals. I think I think it's Elysia. I'm not Elysia. Exactly sure. Okay. From. <laughs> I think I think I think it's either an Armenian word or like an Albanian word. Okay. Oh. Okay. I think she gets she gets help from the crystals and the crystals have a lot going on with uh Janata as a whole. They basically help 
power all of Janata, if I'm understanding their power yeah. correctly. The story basically starts about 65,000 years ago. Uh, the Janatas the, the and the Chalambans were uh, physically very similar. If you think about it as like, you know, Homo sapiens and, uh, you know, Neanderthals, they were, they were mm-hmm. physically similar. Um, and everything was fine. And, you know, there were little squabbles, but there wasn't this giant war that there is now. Um, and then this asteroid lands on their, their ground and the impact bores into the ground and reveals the crystal. And they had no idea that it was there until that. And exposure from the crystal over generations starts to physically change them the Chalambans become sort of like hulking and rock, okay. you know, hard skin, whereas the Janadans become more tall, thin, more lithe. And the first generation that is born after they had been exposed to the crystal, one family is born with this symbol. I'm like working backwards <laughs> is born with this symbol. And if you look at it, it's actually the asteroid falling to earth. Oh, So, um, so they then elect for lack of a better term that as the Royal family, and there will always be someone in the Royal family that is born with that. And once they are sort of, they take over as the Royal family, once they realized that this crystal is now giving them powers, they realize, Oh, well, we have the ability to put one over on these other people that are now these creepy rock people when they used to look kind of like us, but we don't have the physical ability to mine it, to, to be too close to it for too long because it, it basically, it's almost like radiation, you know, a little radiation will cure cancer. A lot of radiation will give you cancer. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's really where the rift really lied was in this fight over this natural resource. Um, and, and if you think about, you know, there, there's a fight over natural resources in, the world in our world now, you know, you think about these people who are mining, you know, precious metals for our cell phones and our laptops and, and mining, um, precious gems that are, you know, going into everybody's engagement rings and shit like that. Excuse me. Stuff like that. Oh no, that's no, fine. No, you're, yeah, you're good. You, yeah. <laughs> you mean, you mean I've been holding back this entire time? Yeah. So have, so, so yeah. have I. So. Jesus Christ! I All wish you right. had told me. Now this is just gonna this get damn bad. Thing again. Now this is just gonna get bad. You should you shouldn't have you shouldn't have allowed that. We're trying, we're trying to be professional here. Um, no, but, um, <laughs> but a lot of that came down to like you know this idea of the people that are doing the backbreaking labor are not the ones that are actually benefiting from it. Right. Um, and so I sort of used that idea and put it into into this, which is another reason why we need this animated series so I can yeah. show Absolutely. the whole 65,000 years and the evolution mm-hmm. of all of this stuff, and it's not just, you know, paper and a notebook. Yes, Absolutely. I was getting ready to say, where's, like, the prequel? Netflix. <laughs> you Netflix. Well, yeah, you know, Netflix. we'll see. Let's see if uh, Comixology, you know, with five Ringo nominations, maybe Comixology will, uh, will yeah. greenlight it. Uh, yeah, well, Greenlight a, uh, a prequel. Netflix seems there to just go. throw money at everything, so just <laughs> give Netflix a call. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, this, this is why I need an agent. If you know somebody who's an agent, please have them call me. This is why I need an agent because between this and 12 Devils Dancing and M3, it's like, I've got these really good properties that we can do stuff with. Yeah, no, for so. sure. Um, so, and then from here, moving on, um, uh, this is where Rainy shows, uh, 
Joanna, that Miko is fine. She's back home in her bed. She's hanging out, and you still—it's you, not unveiled yet, but you know something has gone wrong. Something's very different. Something's yeah, very some, something's up. Yeah. Something's up, and and then at the end of this issue, they're stuck in the cells. The our, our great heroes are trapped in the prison cells in the Janadin Castle. Now, originally, we were going to split the series in two, so we were going to split the first four issues and leave it on a cliffhanger like this. And then we were going to take a month off and then we were going to do five through eight. Um, But they said, no, let's just power through. So we, we went through, but I had originally written it to have this big cliffhanger um, because the initial idea was to take a month off. So I wanted to leave it on this, you know, Oh no, they're in the cells. Ah," You know, kind of thing. (laughs) Right. And um, issue five, issue five opens up not how you would expect, and you know now that you mentioned how it's supposed to, it was originally supposed to be two parts. I kind, I kind of see that because issue five opens up with uh, the wedding, yes, from Lor- of Lorraine and Trader, and you see the dagger. Mm-hmm. Yep, the, the the he's wearing the dagger on his ceremonial robes, um, and this is the first time that we see where Lorraine's mark is. Yes, it is. Yep, on her ankle. And uh, we hear the vows, and we hear uh, Rainy uh, explicitly make sure that uh, Lorraine says them uh, loud for (laughs) for everybody to hear. And um, yes, so when they when they hold hands and they say their final vow and present, there's like a little bit of a magic that goes around their hands. Is that is that like creating an official bond between them, or is that just supposed to be like symbolic? Well, in, in a lot of cultures, um, you will actually wrap the the arm, the hands, and the arm of the uh, bride and groom in a rope as you know is a, a bond. And I use this as yes, it is an official bond, but it's also a magical bond because you've read, so you know what the end of the story is. That's how Trader knows that Lorraine is gonna be okay, sort of. Because he would have felt it. Think of it like Jean Grey and Cyclops, how they have that sort of psychic bond. Right. It's kind of like that. So they, they are bonded to each other. They are betrothed and they are bonded to each other. Which is why Lorraine leaving was even more of kind of like a screw you, you know, twist mm. of the knife kind of thing. Right. Um, and, you know, and I wanted, I wanted the story to be a little more diverse. I wanted people to have not just different... Uh, you know, different cultures, but also different gender identities, different sexualities, you know, so making Trader pansexual, making um, Carol bisexual, you know, and, and, um, and polyamorous, I wanted them to know that I wanted to show that, you know, these people still have heart. They're not just this warrior culture. Like there is a lot mm-hmm. of like emotion still in them. And that's, and that I want it to be important. And as I, as I said to my friend, Adrian King on his podcast, you know, Trader is like the tragic character of this. Like he's the one who really gets, you know, raked through the mud, gets his heart broken a couple of times. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So it's like, you know, we just want to give him a hug. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on, un- it's unveiled within the next couple of issues. You know, you brought up, you brought up Trader being pansexual it's yeah. brought up. It's brought up right here. Um, the kiss between him and Carell. 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 Carol. Carol. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Say it. I know who you're talking about. So right. it Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> and so, and you know, this doesn't go unnoticed by Lorraine. She picks up on it quite instantly, almost, and she realizes. So has Lorraine seen? Michael by this point 
or no? Uh, she has. Okay. So. She has seen Michael, but their relationship hadn't gotten to the point that it had gotten to. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay but she had met him. Because what she used to do is she used to sort of open up these portals to different places. I don't know if that was thunder or a truck driving by, but whatever it was, that was loud. <laughs> uh, she used to open up these portals to different places to sort of just escape for a couple of hours. And one of those places happened to be the beach in Escondido. I almost said Escondo. Escondido. And that's where she meets Michael. And then she just keeps going back to that one place. Um so she she knows that she's playing with fire. And in this moment, when she sees Carol and Trader kiss, she almost feels a little justified in it. Right. Like she almost feels like, oh, well, I'm not the only one with a piece on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so and that doesn't make it any any right, any more right, because they're both kind of in the wrong. And that's where they have that sort of like shouting match in the next couple of pages, you know, where they sort of like, just get it all out. Right. You know, because it's like, look, we're literally in prison right now. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a fight. Just get it out now. Right. And then, um, so this is when it's unveiled that, uh, Trader's the one that gave Lorraine the dagger. Um, this is also where Trader chooses not to spend his wedding night with his new wife. Yes. And, um, and then from there we go back into the prisons and um, they have the ar- they have the argument that we touched on earlier, and then um, I I really like uh the battlefield I, uh, the battlefield spread. I don't know if you can see it very well on <laughs> on here. Well, but... I know what it looks like. Right? Yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> very true. You wrote it, and um, so then from here we have uh, Joanna starting to receive orders from Rainey, and Joanna being a little that actually isn't Joanna. Oh, it's not. Oh. That's actually not Joanna because you can tell because she doesn't have the mark on her arm. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, uh, that's a, that's Naya. She ends up coming. Uh, she ends up um, coming with uh, Jessica Gallagher. Oh, okay. She's, she's Jessica's, Jessica's partner. Gotcha. Um, but yes, she's here. It's, it's showing that there's some doubt that some people have in this, you know, sort of blind following. Um, and you also start seeing some of, you see some of the, the, the facade of Rani start chipping away. Right. Yeah. You start to see cracks and everything. Yeah. She starts to become more um, uneasy. Yeah. Um, you know, as she's also getting the constant treatment from the Eliza, Elysia crystals. And um, as, as you know, too much Elysia is not, is no good. Yeah, she's she's being she's being pushed to the breaking point and she's thinking, okay, well, you know, now that I've got Joanna here, maybe I will finally be able to retire. That's basically what she wants. She just wants to retire and and leave this to somebody else, because if Lorraine had stayed, then Rani would have been able to retire and be the crazy old lady that she was. And then Lorraine would be the one, you know, taking the fire, basically, literally. Right. And then, so, moving on, they our heroes manage to make their way out of the prison. They start to walk through, and then they're confronted by none other than Joanna. Yeah. This is this is a big moment. Um, and I love that dress. Yeah, no, oh, the, I, yeah. the dress yeah. is awesome. That, That's that another is... dress that, um, that mm. Yazelayala 
had uh, designed. Also, the wedding dress for uh, Lorraine, Yazelle also designed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that panel. It's so. Yeah, it's I'm a- just, I'm just trying to give people cosplay opportunities. <laughs> If if we ever have conventions ever, again. yeah, no, if conventions <laughs> ever become a thing again, and so from here, this is where they finally have their big confrontation. This is where Joanna, you know, says the things like, you know, you've lied to me this this whole time, like you've hidden this from me, like this is our home, and all uh, the resentment comes out. Exactly, yeah, all the all the teen angst, all the. <laughs> Oh yeah. All all of the problems and you know Lorraine tries to continually tell her that like you don't understand everything that you're seeing is only what you want to be shown and stuff like that and Joanna's just not having it. And um this is when it's I mean Joanna almost kills her right here. Yeah, she's pushed. Mm-hmm. And and you notice like there are moments and and I think I hope I, I know other people have been in these positions in their lives, but I mean, it's this horrible thing where you're in such a state that you say and do things that you would never do. Like you just, it's almost like a, a it's almost like a fugue state. Like you step out of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like that's when you say like the horrible thing to the person. So, you know, Rani did it and Lorraine is now doing it saying to Joanna, I was like, all right, big, you're a big girl now. All right. You're a big girl. Kill me. Right. You know, and that's like the, I dare you, I triple dog dare you. Right. And, um, and that's, and she, she's like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Screw it. Let's do this. And then, you know, we have our 11th hour rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trader comes through at the last minute with a portal from the help of a uh, Carol, I believe. Oh, it's Deco because oh, Carol Carol's too old for magic now. Oh, that's right, that's right. Deco does it, and then and um, this is where we really see how Deco's been a double agent this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that okay. So that's when this is unveiled, and then. Uh, but we have a nice little. I mean, there's as heavy as this is. I think I, I do hope that people realize that there are like little jokes that I put along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, Trader makes a fat joke, which is probably mean, but. You know, like he makes a joke about like, oh, Lorraine, you've gained some weight since last time I saw you kind of thing. Oh, you yeah. De Gaulle makes a joke about how, you know, are you sure she's not dead? Because you you people are so fragile. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, De Gaulle gets teased by Bajek. She's like, you stole a cape from a guard. You look ridiculous. Uh, oh, the cape. Yes. I love the cape. Yeah. Hey, the cape's you cool. <laughs> cape is cool. So, I mean, there... I, I try and add these sort of little banter moments throughout because I, I want there to be some brevity because it, it is kind of a heavy book. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's a, there's a lot of heavy moments in it. Speaking of heavy moments. Yeah. Speaking of heavy moments. So the, the issue, issue six, five ends with the reintroduction of Carol. And then it show immediately issue six goes into showing how Carol uh, got these scars, as one might say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there's um, something, the opening page of issue six is so perfect because Marika did this incredibly specific thing. And Matt Emmons did a great job in the coloring. If you notice on the left-hand panel, there is a uh, a spear with, it's like fabric, a ribbon hanging mm-hmm. off of it. And that's the anchor point. Now, when you go through all the other pages, 
you see that spear in the background. And that gives you a location so you know where you are oriented in that in that um that battlefield. Okay. Oh. So where so yeah. you'll see where the spear is in the background in different shots to tell you where you're oriented and yeah, which wow. direction one person went in versus the other. Right. That's, yeah, no, that's very cool. I had that's something I hadn't noticed. And then we have Carol, we have we have me with Carol's face on. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that, this yeah. is the pose. Oh, this is the pose you're talking okay. about. That's <laughs> crawling on Michael Krager's floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting with the spear because I will say when I read this, I, I was sitting here like looking at my iPad, going like yelling at Tradare. I'm like, he's right there. How do you? He's right there. Like just turn a just turn a bit and and look at him. <laughs> but that is so interesting. Now that you've said that, wow, that's cool. And this is when. De Gaulle and his wife actually find Carol, and um, De Gaulle's wife actually stops Carol, or yeah, De Gaulle from killing uh Carol, and then it shows them back home and recovering, and they've got a lot of questions. One less leg. Yeah, one yeah. less leg. It happens. I mean, you know, it's war. Save money on pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think they sell just pants and a short. Like I don't. It's just one pant. Yeah. It's, yeah, called, no. it's called pant. Yeah. yeah just a, And then from here we've got um, Joanna. It looks like she's uh, trying to begin to try to instruct soldiers, give orders to soldiers, and soldiers aren't aren't having it. Yeah, they're they're not really they're not really feeling it because I think a lot of it comes down to you know she's kind of coming in in this like, well, I'm a royal, you have to listen to me, as yeah. opposed to you know. She she wasn't in the trenches with the rest of them, right? So there's no there's no camaraderie. It it's to it, that it shows it's still it, it's it's a good way to show that she's still out of place. Yes, even though she is, home. even though this is home for yes, her. Exactly, it's she's still completely out of place. Yeah. And then, um, uh, this is when Rainy starts to uh, talk to uh, Deco a little bit, and then she's interrupted by uh, Joanna. And yeah. um, this is when uh, Joanna's trying to. She accuses all of the other soldiers of abandoning her when it's really she's pushed them away because she's done nothing but continuously bark orders. This is the them. most like teenager moment, yeah. In this, where 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 yes. Randy and Deco are having a actual conversation, and I, and, and 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 I was reading it going, oh no. Like Deco's gonna get found out, you know what I mean? Because she asks him, she asks him like, like you weren't there, you know, and where were you? And and uh, and then here comes Joanna running in with her, you know, her problems. That she's there in a tantrum, exactly. And and it's a, it's just such a. I don't. It was there was almost something kind of like funny about it, the way that like uh, Randy deals with it, and is just like, what are you? You can't. You can't just barge in here, like <laughs> yeah. Like, I she, kind of wanted there to be like this. I, I wanted Ranny to at least have a moment of humanity, for lack of a better term, because you know Ranny is very stoic and very like by the book yeah. kind of thing. Uh, even though she will throw the rule book out if she's then if she wants to make her own, you know, rules. Yeah. Right. And she was like very like by the book, and then Joanna's just like Grandma. 
Yeah. You don't listen to me. And she's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. You don't know what, like, you really need to stop, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she's like a grandma Randy's that. sort of feeling like she's in over her head. Yeah. She's like a grandma that, like, had had the kid for too long. It's like, all right, you need to go back to your mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> somebody else needs to hear your complaints. And um, it, it makes Rainy so mad that she makes uh, Deku and Joanna fight. And that's that's a, pretty much what she. That's that's her solution. To everything. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> and while that's going on, um, Lorraine and Tradare have a moment between each other, and have a um, moment. and then it's unveiled that uh, they might have a way for uh, Lorraine Lorraine to really act, get her powers back because that's also been a big thing that we actually haven't I don't think touched on at all yet is that Lorraine is home. And she can't use her powers because she's been gone for so long that her magic has depleted. And I, I kind of also thought of it a bit in the sense of like Green Lantern, like if you're if your heart really isn't in it, then you're not gonna be able to make the constructs that you that you wanna make because you need that confidence, you need that courage kind of thing. And her heart really isn't in it. Like she had one singular goal get my daughter and the kids and get the hell out. Right. Um and that just totally got flipped on its head. So she's still sort of, you know, fumbling her way through. And it's really when Deco's mom talks to her and says, you know, like, we're lucky. Our kid is still alive. But there's a lot of people who don't have kids who are still alive and sort of had that like mother to mother conversation with her that Lorraine said, okay, I'm going to put my own BS aside and I'm going to, I'm going to embrace the fact that I need this destiny kind of thing. And this is something that's important, not just for me, but for everybody. So. Right. I know I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I know this thing's going to go over like five hours. No, it's fine. It's It's like a 10 parter. It's fine with you. It's fine with us. Yeah. We're grateful. We're just grateful to have you on. And so from here, um, we get to actually see the Joanna and Deku fight. Uh, Joanna thinks that because she's a Royal and, Everything like that, that Deku's going to go easy on her. And no. No, that, that's not the case at all. Uh, Joanna quickly learns that she is in over her head. And then yeah. resorts to uh, sneaky tricks. Just straight up ground pound. Yeah, just yeah. straight up ground and pound. And that's when Rainy steps in. And um, they they once again have another lovely uh, grandmother and granddaughter uh, discussion that ends well. <laughs> yes, exactly. A lot of a lot of teenage aggression and resentment. Yes. Were were you very uh were you were you like that as a teenager? Did did, did is that drawing from something from your past or did you You know, I honestly I I don't know if I've mentally blocked it out or uh or what. <laughs> uh I I I I didn't live at home for my entire teenage time. Uh I actually stayed with some friends for a while. Uh, my senior year in high school. Uh, but I, you know, I was your typical bratty teen, I'm sure. Right. You know, I, I was, you know, sneaking cigarettes behind the school, you know. <laughs> Probably out. not supposed to be doing that. Hanging Cutting class, not supposed smoke, to be doing that. Uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. And so then I wasn't from... exactly a good person. <laughs> <laughs> but my best friend from high school is still my best friend. There so. you go. So then from here, we go uh, back to the chamber where uh, the treatment has been done, and Lorraine it gets the equivalent of, like, a concussion salts to wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
she is immediately as powerful as she's ever been. Yes. She's like, I, when I referenced it and it's funny cause Marika had actually worked on X-Men. I was like, this is like her dark Phoenix moment. Yeah. Okay. I, I got yeah. those, I got those vibes yeah, from uh, the page of her emerging out of the uh, chamber. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we get the, we get this really cool, um, we get this really cool uh, one page shot of um, her in these robes with magic f- whipping that's, all around her. This yeah, is, that's this, awesome. this is that's one awesome. of my favorite pages in the book. And I, um, the last page, if you notice, the pattern that's on Joanna's bodice is the same pattern that's on her dress, and the pattern that's on Lorraine's belt is the same pattern that was on her wedding dress. Oh, oh. wow! These are patterns that Yazel had yeah. actually created for each of the characters. They each had their own royal pattern. Oh, okay. oh, very cool. Yeah. And you know, speaking of this last page, you know, I like how it parallels how this issue starts. And then you know it also um, it also uh, shows how it ends. And then you you've got the parallels of uh, Joanna in the chambers and Lorraine in the catacombs, just all around very cool. And then going into issue seven, which is my favorite cover ever in history. Yeah, no, this is a really cool cover. It's got Joanna in the background and uh, Lorraine and Rainey in the foreground. It's a it's an homage to Dare, Daredevil one eighty one Frank Miller. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, we get to see some time. Uh, we get to see some more of Lorraine's time in Afghanistan. Yep. And um, we so we see that she used magic to uh, save herself, and this is something that she's still wrought with grief over. Yeah. And this is when it's unveiled that uh, Miko no longer remembers Joanna. This is a really this is a really great scene. I think I love this whole moment. You know, you've seen it played out so many times, but it's still always. Still always catches you right in the gut. Yeah. And it's and it's tough because, you know, Joanna finally felt like she had a I mean, it broke her heart when Mika didn't want to stay with her and Janata, but she finally felt like, okay, well, I can always go back home because Mika will be there. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, well, now there's no point going back to Earth because there's nothing there, but I still don't really fit in in Janata. So how are things going to work here? Yeah. Definitely a, a, a real like a rock and a hard place moment for her. And then um, they're out on the battlefield and they're trying to come up with, a, and this is when uh, Rainey is trying to come up with strategy. And then once again, Joanna just comes bursting in. Grandma! Grandma, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she immediately knows and starts accusing uh Rainy, you you know you've you've taken away my friends. You've abandoned me from my mother now. Like what else? What else have you got for me? And this is also yeah. this is also setting up the big battle that's been taken that's getting ready to take place. And uh, that our our heroes know they're going to lose. They know they're going to lose if Lorraine isn't able to get back in time to do a cha- do, to do the uh, royal challenge. And Marika drew a horse goat. I don't exactly know what it is, but it works. It's, yeah, it's no, super it's awesome. cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, a horse it's like goat. a horse. It's kind of like a <laughs> unicorn, cool. but it's got like the like. No, it's not ram. Ram's horns are curly. Yeah, it's got like yeah. goat horns or something. I'm like, hey, whatever, whatever, whatever cool. floats your boat because it's awesome. Why not? And then I uh, usually tend to give artists a very wide berth on things. 
because, you know, unless it's something so specific that I'll like sketch out myself, I usually give artists like a very wide berth. I'm like, oh, cool. You made like a horse goat. (laughs) I mean, I mean, who knows what would have happened if you'd have just been like, I want this. (laughs) Yeah. The horse goat is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this is also when uh, we've got Deku trying to um, escort uh, Lorraine and him to uh, save the other children. And Lorraine has a big confrontation, and then all of a sudden, the children are like, hey, we actually want to yeah. go with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this place sucks now. Yeah, yeah that was a cool goal. twist. It's very reminiscent of Iron Man 3 when Tony Stark gets his gauntlets back, and when one of the henchmen is like, hey, man, I just work here. I don't know what these guys do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this place is crazy. Bitch gone nuts. Yeah. We gotta get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we've got a we've got a great moment uh, where um, there's not really a lot of dialogue happening, but uh, we've got Rainy on one half of the page, and then we got Deku on the other half of the page. De Gaulle, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All the D names, you know. I should have I should have gone further into the alphabet. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's good. It's good. We've got De Gaulle on the other side who immediately knows that they're done for, and we've got the we've got the big battle horn cry but everybody is still ready to go even though they know that they're not gonna pull it off and um, yeah they're gonna get their asses handed to them but and then we've got a great we've got a great uh charge spread here we've got some uh really cool battle scenes going on we've got uh arrows flying in we've got soldiers getting kicked hit with clubs <laughs> and then out of nowhere we've just got, melee yeah and then out of nowhere deku shows up and he's kind of say, trying to save the day. And then I believe this is Trader. Uh, that is, yeah, that's Trader who, who's yeah. almost about to get killed. And then yeah. Lorraine's able to, then, yeah. Yeah. to come in at like, that's my, my Deus Ex Machina moment where Lorraine's yeah. like, I'm here. I'm saving the day. Well, it's a, you know, it's a nice callback to when uh, Deku and Trader pull her back from uh, Joanna's blast earlier and then so now we finally have lorraine and a rainy facing off we get the cool shot of both royal marks yeah the challenge happens and then we've got a big challenge of rainy right out the gate coming out strong hitting with like what looks like a magical uppercut (laughs) and uh joanna meanwhile doesn't know what to really do she's just kind (laughs) of can i can i say one one of my favorite things is the next page uh where everybody's like hey we got we got we gotta stop fighting for a bit like, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's like just... they're like well what do we do i mean and if you think about it those old um those old battles like in medieval times they would they would battle from sunrise to sunset and then when the sunset it was okay clear the battlefield yeah yeah you know, so it wasn't like keep going. It was no clear the battlefield. So now everybody's like, okay, well they blew the horn, and that means stop. So we stop. Like, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just watch. Yeah, like <laughs> like this is a weird thing for us. Yeah. But you know, Deco tries to capitalize on that confusion. Right. Right. Yeah. He uh, he manages to work his way into where the big the big uh, battle royale is happening. I really. I really like how everything, you know, this is a this is a big moment that we've all been waiting for and it it really feels earned and it felt and it feels like you're getting your payoff mm-hmm. here. This is definitely this is definitely a 
a top-notch battle. And then, you know, we have uh, Rainy, who's continually like, you know, you've done nothing but leave, you've done nothing but abandon us, you're a disappointment, like, your magical powers are only here for a certain time. And then Lorraine is like, I'll show you just how powerful I actually am. And then we've got and then this, it's crater. Yeah, and then we've yeah. got this big nuclear explosion. And I, I once again, I like the cliffhanger because <laughs> you don't know what's happened. Now going into eight. I, oh, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry to me to cut you off. I love this cover for issue. It's the Boland cover. It's the Wonder Woman Boland cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a it's a great cover. I'm telling you, Natasha's top notch. I never, I never noticed how the shields are like giant eggs until just now. <laughs> got egg shields, man. Yeah, egg shields. I mean, when you know, you gotta, you gotta get them when, while they're hot. I like, <laughs> I like, um, and you, I like how this opens up. You know, you have the ending of the mother daughter relationship at the end of issue seven, and you have the beginning mm-hmm. of the relationship at the beginning of issue eight. I, I, I like that choice. I, th- I think it's a. Uh, I think it's really nice. It's really impactful. I believe, uh, and you know, you see right from the get go, Lorraine's got powers and she's ready to go. Yeah. Even even as a little baby, she's re- she's ready to <laughs> ready to throw down. Ready to throw down. <laughs> and then you know, it cuts. My back diaper's to- dirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it cuts back to uh, cuts back to the big battle. Where they're having more of a moment, they're facing off, their powers are clashing, and then another crater. And boom, we see Rainy down and Lorraine down, and everybody wonders what's happened. Are are they alive? Are it's kind of like it's kind of like you know Hulk Abomination or like you know Mongol Superman kind of yeah you know yeah. crazy blow up battle. Yeah, and so Lorraine is still a little bit down and out. For the count, and Rainy is somehow still like, "Hey, I, I've made I've made it through all this, guy. Right? I'm still here. I'm, like, I'm still She's here. herpes. She never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> and then we even have a moment of Joanna Joanna trying to silence Rainy, and Rainy calls her an ass hat. Yeah. <laughs> Which. Yeah, it's the, hilarious. You little right? asshat. Right? That's like you're a you're a asshat. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's a callback to right. way before, mm-hmm. right? That's so. I noticed through the battle, like it seems like Randy's hair is getting more white. Did you oh, guys notice yes. that? Like almost like she's weakening. She's and her age is oh, showing. Well, I, more. I noticed it earlier on, earlier on, but it's now that you point that out, Phil. When she battles the Jacob brothers. And then she collapses from that. She has a much larger white streak from uh, that okay. from okay. the beginning. So yeah, you're right. She is she is aging more, and that's mm-hmm. one thing that Lorraine actually says when she first sees her mom for the first time. She says, "You know, you, you know, you know." Randy says to Lorraine, "Like you look old," and she's like, "Yeah, well, I'm not in like this paradise keeping me all like yeah, right. wonderful and young." And here, Randy's over exerting herself and really adding you know, showing her age yeah, you know, because then, she's like putting physical stress on herself. Yeah. And then in this very moment, her mark disappears. Huh. Well, it doesn't disappear. It's it still fades. there. It if you look. But it's, it's not as, it's not that bright color. Yeah. And the idea is that if she had gone through what Lorraine went through, that, that process that she could 
get her abilities back. But oh, you have okay. to go through that huge process. And that process almost killed Lorraine. Would it kill Rani? Right. Hmm. And then Lorraine finally wakes up. She tells she tells Rani that it's over. And this is when uh, Deku shows up with one of the robes, robed uh, people, I believe. Tadave. 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 And uh, got a lot of T and D names in this book, huh? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I've got the- an M and a J and an L. Yeah, this is true. And so from here on, from here, this is when Lorraine and everybody is basically like, your time is over, Rainy. You will you will never be queen again. And then Rainy's like, I'll show you. And then she stabs Trader in the stomach. She slashes uh, Carol across the chest. And then uh, last but not least, she runs the sword right through Lorraine as Lorraine is giving this big, powerful speech. Yeah. Yep. And it's a it's a it's a big shocker of a moment. What you going back for? I'm just looking at the Deku and Joanna, just mesmerized by how brilliant of a speaker <laughs> Lorraine is. Did they don't see this bitch behind her <laughs> killing these two other dudes? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, look, I took a little bit of license. All right. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, well, no, I I I took it as like like they were so like. Lorraine was so inca- like Lorraine was so like that's a queen like that you know like that's like she was like just such a image of what a queen like I guess the of the what their queen should be that everybody was so enthralled with her that they just forgot about that used to be queen. well that's when like Carol and Trader really screwed up their jobs it's like you had one job dudes yeah. yeah one job take her into custody and you screwed that up yeah. yeah. But it shows, I mean, how powerful and, and intimidating Rani was that that everyone sort of, you know, treated her with kid gloves. You know, like Joanna never never sent the death blow. Deco, you mm-hmm. know, never sends a death blow. Like everybody's just like, okay, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and the only person who really stood up to her as much as they did was Lorraine. Uh, and even then, Lorraine couldn't kill her. Right. You know? So. Right. But speaking of people being able to kill Rainy, Rainy once again is beginning to start monologuing, as all villains do. <laughs> and then uh, not before De Gaulle throws a, shoves his sword right through her, just the same way that she did Lorraine. And yeah. he, it's a great, it's a great moment. It's like yes, yes. Oh well, the, his his what he says there. I do not have the same conscience as Deco. Uh, yes, because Deco couldn't kill the queen. Right. Mm-hmm. I just imagine that him as like a very just straightforward, like monotone character. Yeah, like, I just I do not have the same conscience. Almost like, like uh, <laughs> damn, I can't remember. Almost like Drax. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, Drax. Drax is kind of monotone, almost. And so now we've we jump forward a year later. It's a it's a different uh, Janata. We've got a playground. The these the children aren't at war. Deku can actually be a kid. Yes, Deku can actually be a kid. Uh, we've got, um, we've got. We it shows uh, both races living together. You know, they have a market going. They it seems like they're sitting on the council and everything like that. And then we've got. It's unveiled that there's a statue of Lorraine, and you're like, oh my gosh, is she actually dead? And I really like how you leave us on this cliffhanger for a, a few pages. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like three pages. Of yeah, her, it's of, three pages uh, of uh, you, us thinking that Lorraine is dead, and then it's unveiled that she is getting 
Eliza Chris Elysia crystal treatments just like her mom was. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting how how um Joanna talks about how it kind of sucks to be queen. Yeah. I thought I, I thought that was that was still really interesting. That uh Because she said, like, I can I can see why you didn't want to do this because this kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. Everybody always wants to be queen until they're actually the queen. Everybody, all the characters are very real. For a story that is not, you know, that that's takes place in to the left. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> to can, the left of Earth. Yeah. For a story that's not, you know, grounded in reality, and uh, the characters themselves are are very, you know, because you could you could have very easily just said jo- had Joanna be like, oh, I'm queen now, and I rule the I rule here, and this is amazing, or you know, I'm royalty, I rule this, and you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but she's still kind of like. It sucks. It's kind of like it's just so interesting. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And then I we... tried. We worked hard on this. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. So. And then we have Trader come in and sit down, and we have this nice moment of he just has this interior monologue of begging for her to come back, and then she opens up her eyes, and you know we have end question end? mark. <laughs> And what a what a great way to leave us hanging for more. One for the cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I do like cliffhangers. So I'll, I'll just I'll just lead this off by uh, asking: um, Do you, I, you must clearly have plans for a forgotten home too, right? I I do have plans. Um, whether or not those plans will be greenlit is not exactly finished. Like we, you know. There are discussions, but not, like, full discussions. More like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll do this. Right. Okay. I'm treading very lightly. Well, there you go. You know, you always want to let it happen and then say something about it before, you know, saying something about it. And I would absolutely love to have, you know, to work with Marika again and to to revisit this world. I really would. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether it's in comics or somebody does, you know, we want to do an animation or something like that. I mean, that would be great. I, um, my husband being a film and video editor, we ended up, uh, doing a couple of promo videos for it Mm. that really came out really well. Um, and, and my girlfriends, Shannon and Shalise did the voices, uh, for, uh, for Rennie and Lorraine and Joanna, um, so I mean I I would love to to be able to to take it to a level of an animation or something like that, um, but I don't know. I mean we'll see what happens. Again, I need an agent. Yeah, I mean, give, give awesome. me an agent. One hundred percent. Do the work for me because yeah. I'm the crazy creative. I, I don't want to have to do the business side of stuff. Right. And it's such a fleshed out world that yeah. I mean it just seems like a perfect. Just from you know from what we've read and talking to you. There's just it seems like there's just so much opportunity for this expanding universe and story and stories to tell. Yeah, there's so much there's so much room to go from here. You know, you talked about everything that happened sixty five thousand years ago, and then you know what we you know we don't know what happens next. <laughs> there's there's so much there's so much space to be able to work in. Yeah. definitely a world that I want to revisit. No, absolutely, because like, is Lorraine okay? Is Lorraine like? Is, is did the 
did the crystals corrupt her? Like, yeah, like is, I don't does, know. Does she, does, have, does she remember anything? Does, does she like Rainy Two Point when she comes out of it? And, like Lorraine? Lorraine? <laughs> like, she, like, <laughs> well, Rainy, Lorraine, and Joanna—all those names actually mean queen. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Huh. Shout out to Google Translate. I was going <laughs> to say thanks, Google. I'm sure you're listening you, you right did now. Right. Yeah. All righty. Well, do you want to do you want to help us fan cast the the sure. forgotten home film? All right. Yeah. So let's sure. say so Netflix comes to you, right? And Netflix... Wait, is this live action or animated? Ooh, ooh. ooh. I, I pictured what, live action, but live but you action. but you're really into okay. the yeah, animated. Like so I think yeah. it should be animated. You want to know why? Because I don't want some poor actor to have to be like COVID, you know, quarantined for a million years. And everything. Also, animation. Mm. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to be practical here. Animation would have a lower budget in terms That's of true. CGI. You wouldn't have to do all the magic and stuff like that. You know, think about like Dragon Prince, you oh. know, that kind of thing. Shira. Right. Okay. I really like Dragon Prince. That's a really good show. I, I love that show. Huh. So, ha- I'm sorry. Have you watched Avatar? I just have to ask. Seeing how Dragon uh, Prince I, is from. I well, I actually watched Korra. I oh, started okay. watching Korra. And I finished Cora, and somebody had said in a uh, in a uh, a review of Forgotten Home that Joanna reminds them of Cora, and I was like, well, I don't know what that means, so I'm going to have to watch Cora. <laughs> uh, I watched a bit of Avatar, not all of it. Um, my husband watched the whole uh, all four seasons, but I know there's a new one coming on Netflix. Yeah, they're doing a live action version of it. But there's been some hubbub about the original creators leaving yeah. because, like, the vision is you know not the same. Oh, really? So I, yeah. Yeah, they um they the Netflix wanted to like age them up and make it more like violent in a sense, and that's just. I always I always felt like the Air Nation for the most part was actually probably the most like calm of all of them. I mean, they are a nation full of monks, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how you can be more calm. <laughs> I mean, like that's what that was the whole thing with Zuko being from the Fire Nation. You know, like he was he was the angry, the fiery one kind of thing. Right. And even with with Mako, Mako being a little like you know, short tempered kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, halfway through season three of avatar. So that's why, that's why I was just wondering when you mentioned dragon prince. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to derail. No, it's, there. it's okay. I mean, I, I thought, I think dragon prince is great. Um, I think that has like a really rich world, a lot of world building in that avatar as well. I really enjoyed Korra. I actually put in an order with my, um, my comic shop to get the, the dark horse graphic novels. Cause it takes, mm-hmm. it takes place right after, the com- the um the cartoon it just goes right straight after that. Oh, cool! Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so we're fan casting the Forgotten Home animation live action project thing that Netflix is funding. Yes, <laughs> they, they've they've, sh- they've shown yes. up. They've they've given you all the money, yeah. and then <laughs> blank Mister Netflix gives you a blank check. <laughs> what do we got? Okay, for Rani, if it's animation. Um, I want either Jennifer Hale or Susan Eisenberg. Mm, okay. okay. I was thinking Bryce Dallas Howard. When I was reading her, every time I just pictured her. That's just who who I conjured really? in my head. Yeah. See? Huh. I don't know. Interesting. I, that is an interesting cast. I pictured uh, Amy Adams. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Right, I can see that. Right okay. from the I jump. Can, and I the can very definitely first, see Amy mm-hmm. Adams. The very first uh, intro, I um, I pictured Amy Adams. I had, I had a hard time picturing like how old she was. Spo- I mean, I know how old she's supposed to be, but how old she looks, you know? 
because she, she's, she's stuck. She's like Lorraine's like in her early thirties, looks oh, in okay. her early thirties, and oh. Ranny's like in her early forties. She's like a, she's like a young forties. Okay, all um, right. Basically, the idea is in Chinata, there are two sons. So in, on Earth, there's one son. So a son makes you know it's it's full rotation. That's one day. But because mm-hmm. there's two sons in Janata, both sons have to make rotation. So their days are actually longer. So mm-hmm. they, they're actually, they, they talk about how time is different. There. Yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say mm-hmm. that. They reference that time moves different. Okay. Time moves differently there. Um, so mm-hmm. Lorraine's older than she looks. And Rani's, you know, a grandmother. And she doesn't look like a grandmother. Okay. And there's, there's a reference of like, are you sure you're my grandma? Like you look really like, except for that one like rogue streak in your hair, you look pretty mm-hmm. young, lady. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay, Alex, who do you have for uh, Ranny? Oh, I, I don't. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. okay. What about Lorraine? Do you have an idea for Lorraine? I liked Rachel McAdams, especially from Ooh, uh, like the that. True Detective. Yeah. Oh man, she's great. True Detective. She was damn good in True Detective. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I thought that she would be. A, a good Lorraine. In terms of her voice, I really loved the voice that um, Shannon Lee Reeve did for our promo. Um, and I think that Shannon did a fantastic job. And I would definitely, uh, uh, I would definitely cast Shannon to do uh, to do Lorraine again. Hmm. If yeah. you don't have the promos, I can send them to you, so you can check them out. They're on. They're yeah, I'd like to uh, see YouTube that. Yeah, no, for definitely. sure, definitely. Um, Phil, who did you have for uh, Lorraine? I went back and forth. Like I, I. I'm, when I first read it, I saw her as um, Emily Day Raven from uh, Lost. But ne- when I looked at her now, I'm like, she looks a lot older. I, I went with Felicity Jones. Oh, from, okay. Uh, oh. Like Theory of Everything. Okay. And, uh, Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue so. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I like that. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I went with, I was I was back and forth. I went with either Olivia Wilde or uh, oh, Blake yeah. Lively. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Both of them are very similar. I mm-hmm. could see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see I could definitely see Olivia Wilde. Although I could also see Olivia Wilde as Rani. Oh, that, oh that's man, a good one. Yeah, I, I like that better. <laughs> yeah. All right, I take back my Amy Adams. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that a lot. That would be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. What else we got here? I knew we were doing this. Come on, how did you not know? <laughs> okay. I, right. I, wrote, I wrote these down. Oh, you wrote, you wrote them down. <laughs> yeah. What about Joanna? This was this is really hard for me. Joanna was really I struggled a lot with this one. So I was gonna really just leave like casting up to Joanna because I just don't know a lot of um, actresses of color. I went with Storm Reed because she's like up and coming. Like she's gonna be in the new Suicide Squad. She was in Wrinkle in mm-hmm. Time. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. And she's about that age. So I just looked her up. No, you're very right. Storm Reed looks great. Um. She's she was in 20, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, yeah. She is she was in the superhero film Slight. Oh, I never heard of that. Oh, I hadn't. I hadn't I'll look that, that up either. Hmm. Um, I she would be actually I could see her definitely as Joanna. I would say for the voice, if we were just doing voices, um, there's a great Netflix show called Kipo in the Age of the Wonder Beasts. Hmm, yeah. If you have not seen it, you have to. It is fantastic. You cannot predict what will happen next. Okay. It is really great. Uh, Sydney Michaela does uh, the voice of uh, Wolf, uh, the character Wolf. And I think that she would be a great voiceover uh, talent for uh, for Joanna. Okay. 
it's like this like youthful exuberance but like angsty at the same time <clears throat> okay cool yeah i like yeah. that that sounds good um let's move into uh mika i'm, I'm following off of your list uh, immediately here, i thought um i don't know if you ever saw um What's that Netflix show? The, to all the boys I love. Oh, to all the boys There's I love before. The sister in that show, Anna Cathcart. Oh, like she had a personality, and I and when I was reading the comic, like saw a lot of her in that. I don't know. I just like she's about that age, I guess, yeah. like you know, fifteen. I don't know. I am um, thinking. I went with uh, the girl from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that uh, Brad Pitt throws the dog food. You know, I I, <laughs> I went with Jessica Gallagher for her. I think. Uh. Yeah, I think. I don't. I don't know. If no, it's... no, it's a different one. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the. I don't know the actress's <laughs> name, but I okay. just know her as the girl that Brad Pitt throws the dog food at. He throws <laughs> the dog food at her. That's like the worst thing ever. That's. <laughs> I, I don't remember that scene. You don't what? No. Come on. No. Come on. Come on. I, I, I saw that movie. I was very, very tired when I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I love that movie. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, Michael. Who do you have? Ooh. Do you have anybody for Michael? Michael's going to be a tough one. Michael would definitely be a tough one. Um, I'm trying to think who I who I uh, used as. I mean, like I love like Shamar Moore, but oh, obviously, yeah. like he, he he's a little too old to play like a twenty uh, a twenty something. You know, as great as he looks, right. he's a little too old to play a twenty something. Um, I could see Michael B. Jordan. I could see oh, I like uh, he might be a little yeah. too old too. Um, I had a uh, I had Dev Patel. Okay, Michael. all right, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, I could see Dev Patel. Mm-hmm. I would chat with Boseman. That, I just the, really like him. That's, that's, that's I think he's cool. <laughs> I just think he's cool. I, I just think he's say, cool. Chad, I was I was gonna say like Chadwick Boseman and like Anthony Mackie are close to my age, and I'm in, oh, I think Anthony Mackie's my age, and I'm in my forties. Okay. So. Oh, he's a little too old. Okay. I don't know. I just think he's cool. I like Dev Patel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if but if you're doing well, that's the thing. It's like that's the great part about animation. Yeah. If yeah. It's true. The true. Animation. Uh-huh. Then you it, could do. You could you know, have anybody. A fun. You could do somebody like. Um, you could have Samuel L. Jackson as Michael. You, have, <laughs> you could have Samuel L. Jackson as every character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Sam Jackson would be a little much for for Michael. <laughs> But <laughs> well, he's too intense. A little bit intense. <laughs> yeah, he might be a little much. Yeah. Um, I would say like voicing Michael, maybe like a Sterling K. Brown or somebody like that as a voice. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. A good one. Okay, I like that a lot. Um, I would say to voicing Mika would probably be like a like a Karen Fukuhara, somebody like that. Okay. Do you know who Karen Fukuhara is? Um, she, sounds um, she was a uh, glimmer. Glimmer. On uh, Shira. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's go on to uh. What about, what about Trudere? Oh, Trudere. Oh, yeah. Oh, Trudere. I love John Cho. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love John Cho. Yeah. And, and I love Sam Liu. So, oh. is, is he? Uh, is he Shang Shang Chi? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Shang-Chi. Okay. So I would pick. I would pick one of the two of them. Okay. Oh yeah. That would be like Trudere. Boom done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are both really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, with Henry Golding from uh, Crazy Rich Asians, the lead actor. Oh yeah, yeah. He's also in uh, Last Christmas. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. I didn't yeah, see that movie, yeah, but I it looked either. good. But yeah, 
Uh, like, you thought okay. it looked good? I think, I think it looks good, man. I think he's a little too, like, prim and proper. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want, I mean, like, Trader, I think if, if Trader was a royal, I would see. Oh, okay. Okay, but, I get that. You know, like, maybe Henry Golding, if we end up doing the prequel, maybe Henry Golding is one of the royals from, like, way, way, way back in the day. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. Go. Good idea. Um, I, I, had, uh, I had Adam Driver. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, Adam Driver is yeah. Trudeau. Yeah. No. 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 Oh, well. Look, I'm sure he's a very nice person. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice human being. I don't understand the appeal. Um, just... we have a quote. We have a quote board at, at, at the Cubert School in my classes. I always have a quote board, <laughs> and one of the quotes from last year was uh, from one of my students. She said, "He looks like." A young wet snake, <laughs> and but, I don't know what that means, but it makes sense. But man, that guy can act, though. Yeah, I mean, no, he, yeah, like marriage story. I like, just think he's a really good actor. Oh, yeah. That's why yeah. he's he's a good actor. But I just I if I had to be on set, I don't know if I but, could look at with him. Uh, voice acting. You don't have to look at him, though. Yeah, that's you know, true. he's he's animated. I mean, have, you, have you heard him yell? He's a really good yeller. He can <laughs> yell. He can yell. <laughs> he's he's like Trudeau. Yeah. He, he you can... know what? I think I I, I didn't like. I th- I don't like the character of Kylo Ren. I think the character is just very Whiny. misguided, and oh. I think that the direction that was given to why are you leaning in? I'm so excited because I am all you are. You are like speaking my language right now. No, I just like... think that you know. I I mean. I think that there are times that you can have incredible actors with poor directors and poor direction. You know, like yeah. if I, you look at like Hayden Christensen is a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman yeah. is a fantastic actress, but the direction that they were given in some of the prequels made them kind of garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Adam driver was given the correct direction or the correct um, emotional incentive for the character to really know how to make the character. Um, I mean, he's not supposed to be likable, but at least somewhat relatable. Whereas he just came off as a whiny bitch the whole time. <laughs> and I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I can't get into like, I just, I'm sure he's a very nice person. But when somebody said that he was going to be Nightwing in one of the Batman movies years ago, and I was like, Oh hell no. That is not my dick Grayson. I can't see him as that. Yeah, no. I, 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 I mean, I he'd probably be awesome. I can't but... see Adam Driver as like a superhero. No. 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 You don't want to see I mean, him like with his pants up to I mean, if you want to go like the super here. duper superhero, I would say Channing Tater Tots. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice person too. Like if you wanted to go like the super duper hero route, I would say, all right, Channing Tater Tots as Trader. Well, mm. but... You know, you know, he's still he's still allegedly supposed to be like Gambit. At- no, yeah, that's no, not that's, that's canceled. Yeah, no, that's, they're uh, done. Uh, yeah, you it's done. Are, you guys it's aren't doing done. video for for the live. So my, when my my fancy light just went oh. out, so I, I'm now going to be in like full purple darkness. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, sorry, oh, this thing is like hot now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Adam Driver. No. All right. I'm sorry. So the the last one that I have <laughs> cast is I have a I have a I have somebody for De Gaulle. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I have uh, I have Tom Hardy as. Oh yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy. Because Tom Hardy, <laughs> Tom Hardy will be like, oh, what? You, I don't. You, I, you're not going to see my face whatsoever. 
Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do that role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I gotta be honest. When I was when I was doing this, I was thinking a lot of Michael Chiklis in the first two Fantastic Four movies. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I was thinking a lot of that. Um, but the funny thing about Degal is, as as hulking as he is, he's actually he speaks very properly. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so I wouldn't want that sort of like Brooklyn Bronx kind of you know right. Goomba kind of accent like. And, and besides, I mean, he could be whoever he would be, um, but then, you know, he would have to be voiced. I mean, uh, somebody said Taika Waititi because of Korg, and I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, no. No, as, as great as that character is, that is so not. Right. Yeah, that's not Where, that's not the like vibe a, I get from uh, DeGaulle's no, character. No, no. No, mm-hmm. no. Although, I do have to say that I love CCH Pounder, and I was wondering why... I mean, as as amazing as Viola Davis was, I was wondering why CCH Pounder wasn't cast as um, as Amanda Waller in any of the Suicide Squad movies. And I think it's probably because she's on a CSI show and probably they couldn't get the schedules going because mm. CCH Pounder did the voice for Amanda Waller during the um, for Batman Beyond and also for uh, Justice League, Batman, all of those. Oh, okay. Huh. So I would love her to be Jack. Oh, because okay. I okay. think. She's got her voice just conveys such like this incredible like I know what I'm talking about. Please stop talking. Right. And that's the exact attitude between these two characters. So whoever can hold their own against CCH Pounder would be would be able to be Degal. Whoever could hold their own against. Oh, okay, okay. 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 So. You so no Tom Hardy? Yeah. <laughs> but I like the cape. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie. No? You're, right. You're not missing much. It's good. It, I liked it. It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, It's not as good as The Dark Knight. No, but, but what is? You know? yeah, the, yeah. yeah, not a lot's as good as The Dark Knight. Mm. Well, um, so we, we, we end every episode with a game of movie 20 questions. Um, okay. If, if you're familiar with uh, 20 questions, it's just yes or no questions of phil has the movie yeah i do i do i do have it yeah or guessed Uh, the movie would you you like to have the movie movie? can you oh yeah yeah what is what is what is the movie so you 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 think of a movie and we have to ask you yes or no questions oh okay so try to guess so all right so i gotta think of a movie now now but Mm -hmm. now i have to think of a movie that we didn't talk about this entire oh you can it can be it could be it could be be anything it can be anything it's like a double fake out no on the spot i'm like looking at all my artwork to see if it sparks anything I was going to say, I see that you have a lot of artwork there. Um, I do. I have. I'm very, very lucky to be gifted a lot of artwork. This is like my M3 wall. This section is all my M3 artwork from uh, my first creator on book M3 that I did with uh, Vicente Alcazar. Um, and then I have uh, on this side, I've got my Avengers and Captain America. And then I've got mm. over here, I've got uh, a charmed uh, cover that uh, Maria Laura Sanapo did. Uh, for Charmed, uh, when we worked together on that, I've got a page from Twelve Devils Dancing. I've got some Xena covers from when I worked on Xena, and this was the original for the uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive for Twelve Devils Dancing from J.K. Woodward. He gifted me with the original art. Oh man, that's um, awesome! That is awesome. And then over here, I've got 
some fun Claire Connolly stuff uh, from our story about Winston Churchill finding a time machine and going back and getting dinosaurs. I have an old Yoda piece that I have had since I was a kid. Um, my mom used to be an illustrator for the old Star Trek fanzines, and um, she had known a bunch of other artists. Uh, we used to do Star Trek conventions when I was really little, and uh, she got that piece for me from one of her friends when I was about seven or eight. And I've had that with me and I'm 43 now. So, you know, that that thing's been around a long time. And then in behind that is uh, the cover for Eve the Immortal Lobster, which is one of the stories that is nominated for Ringo. Um, It is an homage to the famous X-Men Dark Phoenix cover, but it is a lobster from space, you know, ripping off her spacesuit. And um, the antagonists are sentient sticks of unsalted butter that are drowning (laughs) in the... Yeah, you guys really, you guys really need to read some of my stuff. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do some research. It's <laughs> your guests, man. <laughs> well, did you, did you manage to think of a movie? Yes, I thought of a movie. Okay, Ooh. all right. Um, I guess I'll I guess I'll lead us off. Um, uh, did this movie come out after January first, two thousand? No. Okay. What about uh, 1990? After 1990? Technically, yes. Oh, Oh, okay. okay. Technically, yes. Those are the best kinds of yeses. All right, so it's after 90. After Uh, 90, technically. Technically, yes. So I'm going to guess that it's in the lower 90s. So I don't think we have to narrow it down any further. It's probably 91, 92 era unless what about technically maybe what it could it be something that came out first came out overseas and then came out here oh um i'm not good with international release dates it could be something something, it could be something that was in another line like that that could be like a Mm -hmm. like um i don't know like like i think of like like miyazaki or something okay like like, all right or voice okay Okay. we could ask is it animated no. No, it's no, not animated. Okay. okay. Three, not animated. Okay. I feel like I'm playing Clue. <laughs> <laughs> or like or like or like Battleship. Like Guess Who? Yeah. Yeah. Guess Who. Remember Guess Who? Uh I actually never had Guess Who as You've a kid. Never had Guess Who? You're no. like, does he I'm, have a, I'm a little old for Guess Who. I remember babysitting I'm kids with Guess now. Who. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right, that's um, three questions. All right, so it's after 90. It's not animated. What do we want to go next? Uh, ratings? Should, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to go ratings. Go um, for it. Is this movie rated R? No. No. Okay. Ooh, not R. Okay, is it rated PG-13? Um, let me check. Okay. No, it is not rated PG-13. So it's it's okay. like probably like a family, family Yeah, so it's definitely a fa- family movie. Like not a, a horror-rated G movie? No. Yeah. <laughs> a horror G movie? Not a horror G movie, you know. Should we narrow it to G or PG? Or I, I, I don't, I don't know. think I okay. that. Okay. Is it genre? Go genre. We could go genre. All right. Is, would you say it's a comedy? Yes. It's a comedy. Ooh, it's okay. a comedy. Okay. Right. It's a PGG comedy from the 90s. Okay. Um, is this part of a franchise? Yes. Okay. Ooh, oh, franchise. I wonder if it's the first of the franchise or is a continuation. You know what I'm immediately thinking? I'm immediately thinking for some reason, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, but is that early 90s? Is that your guess? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I wonder if it's Disney. Okay. If it's Disney. 
Ooh, yeah, we can ask. Is it, it a, Disney a Disney movie? Disney produced? Yeah. No. Not Disney. Okay. 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 All right, we're just barreling through these. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah, we are. We were just. Uh, that, was, that was question eight. Wait, Wait, let me just let me double check just to make sure. Yeah. Okay. No, it is not Disney. It's not right, Disney. So it's definitely a fa- she, have to, she had to double check. It's definitely a family movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of some kind. We can make that assumption. Okay. All right. As long as there's fantasy, um, there's fantasy aspects to it. Yeah. Are, is there any fantasy aspects to this? Hmm. Defying fantasy aspects. Well, things that wouldn't happen in our reality, like talking animals or things like that. Just something. Then yes, there is fantasy aspects. Okay. Okay. I wonder if animals talk. <laughs> I wonder if animals talk. He says. I mean, I know they don't. Like, except well, except for par- parrots. Well, parrots if talk. Animals talk. We just don't understand what they're saying. Uh, they speak yeah. their language. I talked to a parrot the other day. Did you? Yeah. It was. It didn't you go anywhere. Talked to the parrot. It didn't go anywhere. It just. Yeah. Kept going it was roots. just back and forth. <laughs> See, because I have a cat, and I, mm-hmm. I think that Me he too. mimics. Like, so I'll say something to him, and then mm-hmm. he will repeat in the same, sim- like a similar cadence in the same amount of syllables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he's trying to communicate, but he's not actually communicating. That's kind of yeah. creepy. Like he's like demon possessed or something. Yeah, I don't know. No, that's like, I'll say cat, hi, Simon, never... and he'll meow like meow meow meow. Like yeah. three syllables, and I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's a, I always find it weird when my cat almost like responds, like it would be like, what, what are you doing right now? And then it would be like, meow, and I'll be like, oh, I didn't <laughs> realize you would actually like say something back. Yeah. All right. Um. So, so talking what, animals. Do we want to no, go more? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We have fantasy. Yeah. There, there. Uh, according to that paradigm, there are fantasy aspects. Okay. 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 So I think animals so, talk. I think they do. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Um, where else can we go with this? Um, you want to go the year or no? No, No? I don't think we need to go year. We could probably, if it's a comedy, what are um, the genre? Could there be like a, there could be, well, we've got fantasy, some fantasy in it. Sci-fi. Should we ask if there's any kind of sci-fi? Is there any kind of sci-fi in this? Science fiction? Uh, yeah, she's on the fence on it, so it's probably not kind so much. Of, kind of, like technically, I would say yes. Okay, technically yes. Okay, two technically yeses. Kind of sci-fi. <laughs> I think she stumped us. She might probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. she might have. Let's find out. Um, what should we go with? Like, we should be, we shouldn't go like actors or you can. Yeah, like, no. yeah, if if there are high profile high actors. profile actors in it, we, okay. we could go like A list um, actors. Uh, we could, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Are there A listers in this? Or high pro? Are there high profile actors in this? Um, for the time of that it was put out, mm-hmm. these actors were uh, at least two of these actors were considered high profile for the time. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Should we look at ensemble? It's just a two of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, ensemble cast. Is this a, does, is this a, does this film have an ensemble cast? Yes. Okay. okay. Ooh, okay. Ensemble cast. I'm thinking, now I'm thinking why, like but... Dr. Doolittle. No, that's, oh, that's, yeah, that's, not no, that's, that's 98, man. No, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's super I was thinking 90s. Clue, but that's not. That's that's 80s. 80s. It doesn't have any Great movie. Yeah. It's a great science fiction film. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. That's why. That's <laughs> one, one, <laughs> of the, one of the best. One of the best all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the best of the all of all time. Oh, well, no, it's anime. I was going to say Beauty and the Beast, but mm. it's animated. It's Disney. Uh, and it is Disney. That's clearly not it. Okay. Land Before Time, maybe? 
Ooh, Land Before Time. It's like, not animated. Oh, oh not man. Animated. Yeah. Man, what's wrong? Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought puppet? that's I why he puppets. was writing things down. It is. I wonder if it's like puppets, like Muppets and Puppets. Muppets and Puppets. Yeah. Are there Muppets or Puppets? Ah. I'm sorry. Like, like, like Labyrinth. Yes. Oh! Labyrinth. Oh! Mm. Could be Labyrinth. Labyrinth isn't 90s. No, yeah. Labyrinth is 80s. Is it 80s? Oh. Another great movie. Yeah. Muppets. So I'm thinking Jim Henson. Slash puppets. I'm leaning into that. Okay. Well, I don't think it's Jim Henson because I think that she would have had a quick answer. If you said Muppets, she'd be like, yeah, there's Muppets. Like, is it Jim Henson? What are you doing? We don't have questions <laughs> to sorry. waste. All right. You're throwing them away. Okay. You're throwing Jim, Jim Henson was not involved in the making of this film. <laughs> All right, so okay. I just helped. Well, that, that the, you helped yeah, us you narrow helped, out a very specific by something right, genre I'll, I'll, of film. I'll sit the next. I'll sit the next round out. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so there are some puppets in this. Okay, I kind of want to. Um, the way she said technically yes for '90s, it, it makes me think that it either came out in some areas in '89 and then it's in the franchise. U.S. in '90s. It is a it franchise. Is a franchise. We should, we should, we should elaborate that. on that more. Oh. What are some 90s franchises that aren't animated? Is it still con- continuing today? Ooh, good question. Way to like redeem. this franchise. Way to redeem yourself. Um, <laughs> it hasn't come out in a film in a bit. Okay, so oh, like a okay. T- television, probably. Fragger Rock was not a movie. I don't um... Know. Okay, Sesame Street. Sesame Street. No, that's, no. Sesame Street. It's not Follow That Bird. Yeah, Sesame Street's still on, man. Yeah, oh. and it's got puppets in it. Okay. And Jim Henson is. And, and right, the Muppet that. Show just relaunched. Okay. So All right. I think on Apple I think TV. We need to figure out what these puppets are. Yeah. Oh, could it be Dark Crystal? No, wait, no. No, that's Jim Henson too. That is okay, and that's eighties. Mm. Yeah, man. I'm really. I think really stumping us. These, I don't know. These puppets things. Maybe we're maybe we're hung up on puppets. Yeah. <laughs> How's it, how's it happen every episode? I always get hung up on the puppets. <laughs> you know, every episode. It sounds like you guys have a kink you need to like work out with a therapist. We, we might. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, know if a therapist would see us. It's <laughs> hel- It's healthy. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, um, all right. Look, so, I'm not here to kink shame anybody. Okay. <laughs> what if my kink is kink shaming? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, all right. So we have. Where do Where do we want to go next? To maybe should we focus on the um, the franchise maybe it's maybe it comes maybe it's in maybe it's from a comic maybe it's from mm. yeah yeah um, what, what is um, ad, 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 is an adaptation of something does what, yeah okay. does this property exist in an other medium yes all right okay good question me <laughs> um <laughs> could be a comic you're okay. keeping score like who has the right questions no no I got I'm on uh, we have fifteen questions. If five, four so questions, on questions and a guess. Our twentieth question has to be guess uh, of the movie. Okay. Is it based on a comic? Maybe it has another medium. Yeah. Is it based on a comic? Yes. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. Teenage Mutant right, so, Ninja Turtles. Okay. That's it. That has to be. That's that's nineties. That's nineties. That the costumes. The costumes were kind of puppety. puppety are the or, uh, are the main actors turtles? Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness! Is this the first in the series? Yes. Okay. So then, uh, um, is this Teenage Mutant? Is Ninja it Jaws? Turtles? Sorry, <laughs> is, I don't know. 
It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Awesome I job. I adore this movie, okay? <laughs> now, it came out in nineteen in March 1990, which is why I was okay. like, technically it came out after 1990, because if you consider 1990 starting oh, January 1st. Yeah. That's my fault. I didn't yeah. ask that. Okay. Um, Hold this for one second. I got to show her something. We're right back. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Michelangelo's head. No, uh, no, no. It's not Michelangelo's it's head. Cooler. I think it's cooler than I, that. I, I, don't I know. think I know what he's going to get. Yeah. We usually have a whole set that we're working on. We're trying to launch on the video, and we have a whole set made up. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Okay. So this it, it, this mirror. Ha- it's a is, bar mirror. Yeah. Yeah. My mm-hmm. my my mom got me this when I was but a wee lad. And this thing is from when that movie came out, and I have had so it for that long, from 1990. Yeah, which is when I was so, so like 30 years. It's traveled with you. I love that movie. It's mm. a great choice. That was a great choice. Now I feel like I got to show you the the, the Yoda. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. please yeah. do. I want to see the Yoda. Oh man. Oh, that's sick. Wow. That's really uh, cool. I can, I can hear you screaming with my earbuds now. <laughs> oh. This is such yes. a good segment for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's and it's, that's ni- awesome. it's 1980, <gasps> and it is Sonia Rose Jingris. Wow. So. Oh, wow. Oh, man. That's really right. And, and she signed it up here, 1980. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've had that cool. forever. That's super cool. Well, Erica Schultz, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Thoughts from the Basement podcast. Tell all of our listeners where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Erica Schultz 42. You can find me on Instagram at Erica Schultz Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And my website is ericaschultzwrites.com. Be sure to go give her a follow. Like her stuff on Twitter. Read read uh, Forgotten Home. It's a fantastic book. Um, it's free on Kindle Unlimited if you have Kindle Unlimited. So there's literally no reason for you to not read it. And it's nominated for five Ringo. And it's and nominated it's for five yes. Ringo Awards. Is that something that like audiences can vote in or? Um, uh, comic professionals can vote in. Uh, Ringo's okay. uh, anybody can nominate for a Ringo, but uh, comic pros are the ones that uh, that would vote. Gotcha. Um, well, yeah, if we were, we're comic we're pros, pretty, we would We're pretty, uh, you know, I'm pretty overwhelmed by this. So, And then Strange Tales got nominated for one Ringo. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. We mm-hmm. are pulling for you here at the Thoughts from the Basement Thank podcast. You very much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have been one of your hosts, Chris Kiningham. You can find me on Twitter at KWK1223. You can follow the Thoughts from the Basement podcast on Twitter at TFTBpod. You can also email us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, suggestions, your movie 20 questions, suggestions at tftbpod at gmail.com. Alex. Yo. Where can people find you at? On on the, on the Twitter sphere. On the, on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, man. At who's Alex Mark. Who's Alex Mark is this? And uh, yeah, come say hello. I spent my evening roasting Tucker Carlson last night on Twitter. As my you goal should. is to get blocked. <laughs> As you should. What a shit heel. Phil, <laughs> where can people find you at? You can find me at Punk Beats. Punk Beats. I haven't been on there Punk since 2012. It's perfectly yeah. fine. All right. So if you ever wonder what Phil was doing 
in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find it Waiting there. for the world to end. I was, I was gonna, the last that's post we was that. To, that's probably that's why he stopped. Because yeah. he, he assumed <laughs> yeah. it was going to end. But mm-hmm. little did I he saw, know. I, I saw the movie and I wished it did end. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris? Well, Erica, thank you again so thank much. Thank you so much. For joining great. us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. Mm-hmm. And um, we will be talking to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, Definitely. We'll talking right. to you. Uh, I, I will send over those PDFs if you want. Okay, awesome. cool. Yes. Thank Great. you so much. Have a good one. Take Bye. care. Okay. Night, Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.